does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. You're listening to Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Here's the commissioner. With the fourth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. I want to be the best at everything I do. And I feel like I am the best player at times, so that's my thought process. I just want to be the best. Indy just drafted an absolute freak at quarterback. Damn right I'm excited. But now you you know, and then you sober up and say, okay, now we gotta now we gotta go play and make it work. I feel like I've been dealing with pressure my whole life. Uh, pressure isn't anything new for me. And then playing at the University of Florida, I feel like it was a lot of pressure and that as well. So uh, pressure doesn't do anything but create, you know, legend. So I'm gonna make sure I'm prepared to the best of my ability. So I can make things work for this franchise. If you are what you say you are, a superstar, then have no fear. Finally, the bat off the shoulders of Chris Ballard, and it was quite a mighty swing to the fences with the selection of Anthony Richardson at number four overall. A good Friday morning to you, an overcast start here to end the week. Kevin Bowen, Jake Query, and Mark Dykton recapping um, for the first time in over three years, uh, in my opinion, the Colts have injected some hope uh, into the most important position in sports. Clearly, development will be needed with Anthony Richardson. That is without debate, but it is an injection of life and a long-term view, and we will dissect all of that today. Joe Wright's going to join us at 8.30. And we will hear your reaction as well. Jake, your thoughts? My thought was that Chris Ballard finally went along with the narratives that have been said about the Colts for a long time. Not to say that he was against those narratives, but once the time finally came, the Colts decided to go back to the future. Instead of the same... The Colts are a team that has been built and based upon since Andrew Luck's retirement, essentially, getting by with other positions, either lifting the quarterback or offsetting the quarterback. And now they are following suit with the trend in the NFL of finally getting a quarterback that sets the trend for the rest of the offense by getting a guy... I think it's very clear that it came down to what you had mentioned was a possibility, Kevin, yesterday that Shane Steichen, this was his influence and his pick. Not taking nothing away from Chris Ballard, but I think that the difference is they had a choice between going one of two offensive styles, kind of the traditional pro-style type player in Levis, even though Levis has some mobility, or going with the modern and moving forward quarterback in the Jalen Hurts style of Shane Steichen, and they went with the latter. You know, I think the debate we've had over the past few months, Jake, is just look at the AFC landscape right now, and and what do you need to try and compete and hopefully thrive in this conference? 
And I think there is a big argument to be made for trying to take the biggest swing. And clearly, that was their thought process with this selection. You know, Shane Steichen came to Chris Ballard just a couple weeks on the job. And after watching some highlights of Anthony Richardson, Shane Steichen was pretty much like, wow. Um, that is stuff that you just cannot teach. Jalen Hurts, you know, doesn't have some of these athletic traits. Um, and then I think the more the Colts continue to do homework on him, uh, the in-person workout in Gainesville, bringing him here for a visit, um, really over the past month, that kind of solidified the complete profile of, all right, we believe that obviously the physical gifts speak for themselves, but that this guy is wired in a way where we feel like he can develop. Because again, he's not he can't even legally drink. Turns twenty one next month. So you he is extremely young and the questions are there about inexperience and accuracy and all that. But as Ballard said last night, we made this pick thinking about the future. Thinking about what he can grow, what he can get to eventually and down the road. Um and, and you know, I Certainly have said this a lot here over the past few months, but you know, when you think about the last three and a half years for this franchise, I mean, really ever since Andrew Luck started having the shoulder issues in 2015, uh, they just have not had a quarterback that you could even say was close to ascending. And now they have at least attempted to go down that path, and they've done it with a guy that certainly brings a dynamic running element to your offense, him and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, from a run-pass option standpoint, is something that Shane Steichen has to absolutely love. And you've taken a swing for the fences, you're on base, and now it's up to Steichen and the atmosphere around him to you know, keep, keep that guy on the base pass and you know, obviously try to hit a home run with it. Do you remember me asking, and I can't recall, Kevin, whether it was you or Zach Kiefer that I asked this to, it might have been both. Do you remember me asking the question of between Levis and Richardson, whichever one the Colts pass on, if both were available, which one had the higher potential of then plummeting in the draft? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I think both of you guys I asked, and both of you said you thought Levis. Um, I will li- listen. I mean, 100% me, whatever you want to call it, mea culpa. Yeah, I mean, I'm not overly worried about it. Let me, I mean, I'll read you the following tweet. This is from David Burnett Sr. Precipitous fall for Will Levis. Not one mention of the new supposedly bad toe prior to the draft night. I'm sorry, now. Sorry, not one mention of the now supposedly bad toe prior to draft night. Indie media talking heads were dead certain the guy was going to the Colts. Can't wait to hear them moonwalking back their prediction and sources. Keep it 100, Jake Query. Okay. I, I will readily admit, I think... To say that we didn't talk about Anthony Richardson or C.J. Stroud is totally disingenuous. But I had said all along the name that I... The only name that I had publicly heard people around the Colts that they talked about going the furthest back was Will Levis. But I will admit this, Kevin, 100%. I'll stand on top of the monument and yell it out to anybody that wants to hear it. I had not heard a lot of concern about the toe injury being a potential holding him out of the first round issue for Will Levis. I had not heard that until after the fact. Yeah, man, I know he had played through a foot injury his final season, um, but to the fact that, you know, that would be a huge reason why he would fall out of the first round, no, I I, I had not obviously heard it to that degree. Um, And we'll see, you know, if and when a team does trade up. You know, typically if you're interested in some quarterback, you look into the first round, the back end of the first round. Lamar Jackson, we saw with Baltimore about a handful of years ago, did that. 
Uh, the Colts have the fourth pick in the second round. Uh, so Miami had a forfeit their first rounder. So today you, you, you'll see, I think, is it Pittsburgh? Is that yes. leads off yeah. round two? Yep, because of the Bears' trace, Clay, Chase Claypool trade, yes. That is correct. Uh, so that'll be 32 um, to get things started. The Colts sit there at 35 and 31. then 79. Oh, yeah, 32, I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, 35 and 79 for the Colts today. You know, one thing about Richardson that, you know, we had on, um, what was his name? Was it Dave Kelly? Something Kelly. Sean Kelly. Sean Kelly. The voice of uh, the Florida Gators back a few months ago. And he had only been on the job for one year in Gainesville. So I know he didn't get a whole lot into it, but Richardson's background is interesting. Um, This is a Gainesville guy. Um, moved there from Miami when he was 10. Um, decided to go to college, obviously, in Gainesville. Decided to wear Tim Tebow's number. Um, I get a little bit of Benedict Matherin off the court, off the field vibes from him. And by that, I mean this. He is extremely confident. The quotes speak for themselves. Um, but also he is very quick to acknowledge that there is work that is certainly needed. And I've always felt like that was a really interesting attribute from Matherin. Typically, if you're uber confident, borderline cocky, you don't mess around with, uh, oh, I need to do this extra. I need to do that extra. But in both of these two cases, I do feel like that is there. And I could be totally proven wrong, but I think it's, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, I know, has gushed about it with Matherin. And I feel like whether it's Billy Napier at Florida or it's listening to the Colts and their homework on Richardson, this is a guy that, again, will sit here and tell you, uh, hell, I think he has a tattoo that says he's one of one. And he knows he's got traits that the quarterback position hasn't seen in eons. But at the same time, he fully, fully realizes we got to make some big-time developments if I want to be known as one of the greatest of all time. I think the thing that is – I mean – Kevin, let me give you like the my gut like assessment and kind of reading everything about him, Richardson, from both sides, and then you get, I want you to grade me A to F, okay? Um, I would say it like this: Anthony Richardson is a player that there is a lot of very intriguing nature uh, there's a lot of intrigue about him because he has a lot of characteristics that have never yet been seen at the quarterback position that cause one to salivate by dreaming about what might be because of the fact that he is more athletic bigger and stronger than anyone really that we have seen at the position however the one pause with that is that the one thing about him that we have seen is that there are hiccups in his game that precedent shows are the ones that are the hardest to overcome when they are habits you already have in other words it is one thing in terms of just an accuracy with your timing that can be typically practiced or coached through but if it is a mechanics issue that's something that typically is taken care of before one comes out of college but he is young and you can overcome those perhaps, but the law of averages says those would be the, the only red flags, is that the areas that held him back, statistically speaking at Florida, are areas that usually 
a more mature player has taken care of by the time they're entering the professional rank. Yeah, I think the Colts look at it, Jake, and they're like, the fundamentals are not dried in cement. They they, they can still be I understand, molded a I, little bit. I understand, but what I'm saying is, that is, and, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but what I'm saying is, if there is an area where you would say, if someone were to say, I'm buying a new car, tell me about the risk of this car. In this case, they would say, well, if you're asking me what the risks sure. are, oh, yeah. Th- yeah. then what I would tell you is the one area that you have to sell yourself into the fact that the mechanics are not in cement and hope that's the case because there is precedent that for some guys, those things have already been cemented. Yeah, I mean, touch is a question. Um, I would say probably more of the like just kind of basic throws. I mean, the arm down the field and the accuracy down the field actually is pretty Correct. good. The third and eight slant, it, right? It, yeah, it's more just the basic stuff. I mean, if you want to use a golf analogy, the guy can bomb the driver, but you know what's his wedge game look like? That's where more of the question is. The other question I have is, and this comes down to experience, I, and I could be premature with this, but I got the vibe last night. That Shane Steichen's going to be more willing to throw him into the fire earlier than maybe most think. And I am all in on that. I think you have to have game experience as early as possible. But I think a question you have, and this is why when you saw Lamar Jackson, and probably more of a of a Cam Newton, play limited in college, you want to see these guys in big-time moments, down in the fourth quarter, those sorts of situations. How do they react? Because we all watch the NFL. Why do we love it? Because there's so much parity and so many one-possession games. And I think that is a question you have of, in 13 games, he was 6-7 and seven as a starter. You can't run from that. And in a game that he admitted he had circled on his calendar going against Will Levis in Kentucky this past year, knowing the NFL draft implications that just naturally come with such a game, Anthony Richardson had one of his worst games, maybe his worst, in college. So those are the questions that you have. Of this is a pretty poised quarterback when you watch pressure around him. I'm talking about like pass rush pressure. But when the games are on the line and the fourth quarter is here, is this a guy that's going to rise to that occasion? There's just no, there's just not enough of a sample at Florida to truly know that. You know, Bryce Young, you saw that moment after moment at Alabama. For Richardson, Way too small of a sample size. So that I, I I would throw in there as the other question outside of accuracy. But again, the Colts are banking on traits. They're banking on Shane Sykin's development. And right away, the dual threat ability of Richardson and Jonathan Taylor should give the Colts one of the more potent rushing attacks. And, and, and you know what? Another thought I had last night, Jake, and obviously this isn't the end-all be-all, but at least they're going to be a more entertaining product. They were boring I'm, as hell last year. Yeah, I mean, no, they were boring sure. as hell I'm last curious, year. I'm curious, when, when did they hand the ball to him? I think earlier than a lot of people think. Because he, here's my thought also. And by the way, good morning to everybody on a Friday. Kind of an ugly start to the day. Uh, that's Kevin Bowen. I'm Jake Quarry. Mark Dykton here as well. It is Kevin and Quarry on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Joe Wright's going to join us on the program this morning. You heard him last night covering the draft for the Colts on this radio station. Mark, that's at what time? That is at 8.30. 8.30, Joe Wrights joins us this morning. Um, Kevin, the one thing I'll say is that when you look at the AFC, Trevor Lawrence, you've heard me say this a hundred times, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson now that we know is going to stay in Baltimore, no surprise there. Um, I, I don't know if I'd throw Deshaun Watson in this grouping, but Joe Burrow, if I didn't say him yet, Josh Allen, 
you know, there, there's a ton. Patrick Mahomes, obviously. The AFC, Aaron Rodgers now. The AFC is stockpiled with quarterback talent. And what's interesting is I think the Colts tried to wedge like being a, you know, run the damn ball, that kind of a team a couple of years ago. But you, it's harder to do that when you have a quarterback that can't also do that, right? And now it feels like they're going to have more flexibility offensively of being able to play, albeit a little more modern version of it, but to play kind of keep away with the football. Does that make sense? Without a doubt. And that is a trait that I think, and Mark, you have that Shane Steichen clip, the um, Richardson as a runner and having the high floor, but I know Shane was also wanted to point out his throwing ability. I mean, from day one, as long as your offensive line just isn't totally crippled and Obviously, the offensive line had some issues, I'd say more in pass protection last year than in the run game. You should immediately be a pretty darn good rushing attack. And I think the hope is, with Richardson's run threat, that all of a sudden you're pulling a safety down into the box. And with Richardson, his strength, which you don't... I don't think it's always the case. Strong quarterback runners are not typically great down-the-field throwers. But those are two areas I think you would already slot in. Certainly his running element. And even his down-the-field strength is much more of a strength than kind of his short game passing. So right away, that kind of gives you a little bit of a, okay, what does your play-action game look like? What is your just simply creating more big plays? I think that is the hope with Richardson as well, is you're tapping into a little bit more of that. Uh, mentioned on yesterday's show, if you want to talk dominant traits, Levis, doesn't have it. Richardson certainly will bring a dominant trait right away with his running ability. Here was Shane Steichen on that last night. It definitely helps. I mean, when a guy can run and add that element to your offense, I mean, it's a, it's a big plus. It puts stress on defenses, and obviously he has that capability, but I, I, I just want to sleep on his throwing ability either. I mean, he that ball comes out pretty now. He can spin it. He's got a huge arm, and he's made some huge plays in the past game, so we're excited to work with him. A couple things to keep in mind um, why the Colts are banking on this. Cam Turner, their quarterback's coach, uh, has history directly with Cam Newton and Kyler Murray. Um, so certainly when you talk about dual threat, you talk about young quarterbacks transitioning from the college game, that adds to it. A couple of offensive assistants that they've added this year from the Giants coaching staff. I think anybody that watched the Giants last year, they had a bit of a dual threat Um offense with what Daniel Jones was as a runner and then obviously Saquon Barkley playing off of that so it's not just Shane Steichen that I think this young offensive staff there are guys in that building right now that have recent history with these types of quarterbacks so I think that kind of plays into a little bit more of the Colts thinking I don't know if it was smokescreen or not Um, I had heard that the Colts were listening to trade back calls as wild as that sounds um, Jake, your thoughts on Houston coming back up to number three and what the Colts would have done if Anthony Richardson was off the board? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I, I was a little surprised that Houston – give credit to Houston, right? The fact that – I was more surprised that Houston went Stroud. I'll, I'll give John McClain credit because when we had him on, he was like, listen, they are going to take quarterback number two, period. Now, he said Levis, and it was Stroud. But um, that was, to me, the bigger – area where I was impressed by Houston because 
whatever question marks were out there about C.J. Stroud, Houston's like, no, he's the second best player. And I thought he was at quarterback for sure. Um, I saw somebody, Mark, it might have been you, that sent a tweet that said, like, Houston's going to be a problem. Yep. Uh, Two players does not a franchise make. They got a long way to go. But, you know, I think they got – you could make the argument that they got the two best players in the draft, quite frankly. But – it also might be a dry draft, so who knows? You know, let me give you the cynic variation. I'm not saying it was by design, but did Chris Ballard draft a quarterback that gives him the longest leash in terms of the patience necessary before that player truly gets evaluated? Um, I, I guess I understand where you're coming from on that. I think Shane Steichen had a lot of say in this, though, and, and that's who Shane Shane wanted this type of quarterback. Um, I think when you look at the AFC right now, taking the biggest swing was what the Colts deemed necessary. And, and clearly, the NFL told you a whole lot of what they think of, of Will Levis and Hendon Hooker last night. I mean, clearly. So... Um, I don't think, you know, obviously in the Colts' minds, I don't think this was like a Richardson or a Levis. I mean, the fact that he dropped 27 spots after the Colts picked. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't But how many it, how it, many teams were drafting in those spots, though, that were desperate for a quarterback? Well, I mean, desperate, no, but I think you see a lot of teams that aren't afraid to take quarterbacks to try and bridge that gap. Um, you know, I thought maybe the Raiders at seven. I mean, hell, Seattle and Detroit at five and six. Falcons at eight. Certainly the Titans at 11. Um, you know, I think some people thought NFC-wise, what does Tampa do at 19? What does Minnesota do early in the 20s? Washington. Uh, Washington, of course. Um, and the fact that nobody then traded back into round one. You know, that's that's something, you know, it's, if I'm not mistaken, I think Green Bay traded up for Jordan Love. Um, you know, Baltimore did that with Lamar Jackson. That's typically like things that you see kind of late round one. Um, but no, I, I don't view that in a Chris Ballard sitting in his office saying, how do I prolong this job as much as possible? Um, I think it is a legit attempt to swing for the fences. And I've been saying for years they need to get the bat off the shoulders. And this is without a doubt a massive, massive swing. Again, that pitch could fly by you. I mean, and it they, could be a miss, but it is a huge swing at the most important position in sports, and it's an injection of life this franchise desperately needed. And now you bank on Shane Steichen's resume. But they were going to. What I'm saying is, Kevin, I think Richardson has. You are correct. The most upside of anybody, and in that regard, it's a huge swing. But in terms of, they were going to take a quarterback. I mean, I think we knew going into it they were going to take a quarterback. They just happened to take the quarterback that has potential for the biggest moonshot home run, but also probably has the highest potential of the three to be Reggie Jackson on one knee with a swing and a miss. You think if Tennessee was that trade up to three and they take Richardson, the Colts then take Levis at four? Yes. Yeah, I... um Unless they, I, I, I unless like they the trade Levis back stuff. and take and take Hooker, but they they were going to take a quarterback. I just feel like that Levis draft. stuff was overblown. I mean, clearly it was, but but I, but I think yes, I think the Colts had interest in Levis. Do do they get 
I, you got to think those in Kansas City get him a jar of mayo tonight to be back in the green room for night two, right? There are, what, four players that are still left? Are there four? In, yeah, there were four that were in the green room. Wow, that's more than usual. How about Mel Mel Kuyper's? Um, Kuyper was extremely high on Levis, but outside of that, I thought I saw where Kuyper got 29 of the 31 picks right. That's impressive because on That's NBA really on NBA nights usually it's like they got six picks correct. You know you're like really. I mean, Joey Porter Jr. still on the board. He was outstanding against Purdue in the opener. Michael Mayer, Notre Dame tight end, uh, still on there. I think it was expected the local guys here. Juju Brents from Warren, Dewan Jones from Ben Davis, both out there. I fully expect to hear their names called tonight. Again, the Colts pick at 35, and then again coming up at 79 we'll take your calls uh 317-239-1070 as jake said joe wright's going to join us here coming up at 8 30 um, the plan today for anthony richardson um we got him on zoom last night uh i believe he is supposed to be flying to indianapolis i would assume nothing set in stone by any means i'd assume some afternoon press conference for him I'd like to think maybe JMV could get him on. We'll, we'll, we'll see exactly what the plan looks like for Anthony Richardson the rest of the day. But uh, that's the plan. And then tonight, what is it? Is it 7 or 7.30 for things tonight? For round two, whatever time Pittsburgh decides to start, right? Now, let's see. Um, is tonight 2 and 3? 2 and 2 3, and three yeah. yep. 7 o'clock? Looks like 7. Okay. Were there any major surprises to you in round one? So other than Levis, I mean Levis is the big one, but you know, obviously, like as soon as the pick happens, I'm kind of just like focused on okay, Richardson getting stuff out. But I will say, I had like an audible gasp when I heard Detroit took a running back at like Mm -hmm. twelve. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs, is that right? Yeah. And then every time I looked up, it looked like the Eagles were drafting a Georgia defensive lineman. Boy, and one of them did a a little finger thingy with. Oh boy. Did you see that with uh, Goodell? Oh, no, I missed that. Was that Jalen Carter or is that yeah, Nolan Smith? Yeah, Jalen Carter, like they pointed at each other and then locked fingers and did like a little thumb more dealio. Oh. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I declare awkward. a thumb more. Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight. No You know what I had attacks. stuck in my head, Kevin? I... The Cemetery song? Yes. Oh, I thought Dominic yes. Defoe. How, how did you know that, Kevin? Welcome to my cemetery. Okay, okay. This is where you will be buried. <laughs> I had that. That's I, the jar of mayo the Levis family I, I is I looked singing at my Fitbit this morning and it said that I was night. awake for 37 minutes last night and got a total of three hours and 13 minutes of sleep. That's about what like, I got too. Oh and that song was stuck in my head the whole time. Are you singing it to Boo? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what, yeah. the, what are you saying? Uh, anything else stand out to you guys? Mark, your Bears got a Darnell right tackle. Wright. Is that yes. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that Jalen Carter was there at nine, and they traded back one spot and let the Eagles grab him, and they took Darnell Wright, which that's fine by me. Protect Justin Fields at all costs. So I do expect the Bears to address edge and defensive line heavily uh, these next few picks. I'll tell you one and thing. And B. John Robinson at eight with the Falcons I thought oh, was kind of crazy. It was a very like, win-now move by the Falcons. Yeah. And the so Falcons are they in on Desmond Ritter? Yeah, I don't know. They're going to have to. I mean, they've got to at least give him a shot, right? I'll, I'll tell you one thing that jumped out at me. And this always makes me mad. It always makes me mad when players from a school that I don't like at all and I want to root everything against them 
and everything else. And when when I watched them play, they drove me crazy because they made big plays for teams that I didn't want to root for. And then I see them interviewed or I read about them and I go, that is a really impressive guy. I thought Jackson Smith and Jigbo, when he got drafted and did his interview, all I could think to myself is, that is a really, really nice young guy. And the whole time I was thinking, and I hated him at Ohio State. And then I almost felt bad. I had to remember it's Ohio State, so I didn't feel so bad. But I, I just thought he was super impressive. And he is and, and he is one that I had kind of forgotten about. And then well, he he's goes up this year. Yeah, well, I know he missed the vast majority of the year, right? But he you know, he's walking across the stage for Seattle at twenty, and I'm thinking to myself, Boy, that's a guy that looked like a top 10 pick every time I saw him play. And I know he was hurt. He had, I think it was a hamstring for the majority of the season um, and didn't play. But, man, he could flat out fly. And and then listening to him, I just thought, you know what? I kind of want, I, I want to root for that guy. Obviously, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson to the Houston Texans, the other AFC South picks, a couple offensive tackles. Uh, Peter Skaronsky, is that right? I guess he could play guard uh, to the Titans. And then the Jags got a tackle out of Oklahoma. How about, uh, how about Lucas Van Ness's uh, party that he had going on? Yeah, I, I'm not I a big did, fan of the Packers, but... I did uh, see your tweet on that. And some people were appreciative of the levis camp as well mm-hmm. now who was the was that the kid for iowa that as he was being interviewed some somebody else like was like jumping all over him and they actually physically pulled yeah the kid off of mm-hmm. him yeah is this his brother kirk <laughs> ferentz no there's a lot going on on that couch yeah. though do you remember the jacob eason moment during the draft oh sure yeah Coming down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Nice Saturday morning for Jacob Eason leading into <laughs> being picked in round four. Uh, he's Jake Query. I'm Kevin Bowen. Mark Dykton, of course, is with us. Uh, your reaction, we'll hit on that over the next hour or so. Again, Joe Wright's joining us at 8.30. Anthony Richardson, the new quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, picks 35 and 79 coming tonight. Good Friday morning to you. You're listening right here on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. So last night in Kansas City, the NFL draft, in case you are just joining us this morning or you were living under a rock last night, the Colts selecting the quarterback from the University of Florida with the fourth overall pick, Anthony Richardson. And as a result of that, Will Levis, that was the other name thought to be a possibility for Indianapolis because C.J. Stroud of Ohio State was already off the board. He went second to the Houston Texans. That caused Will Levis tumbling. He has yet to hear his name called as we enter round two tonight. But, Kevin, when it comes to big, athletic, strong quarterbacks, Colts went out and got their man. Yeah, pretty much create a player when you're talking about the physical traits of Anthony Richardson. And again, I mentioned this earlier. I think how he's wired um, you know, can, can check that box. Short clip, but this was Anthony Richardson last night on what he is planning to bring to Indy. Oh, you know, I'm going to bring energy. You know, I'm going to bring hard work. And God will, I'm going to bring a super bowl. Jake, when he did his podium session last night, I forget if it was NFL Network or ESPN. Can he bring a better cell connection? Yeah, the Zoom audio wasn't great. Um, Jake, there's 900,000 people in Kansas City. It was very hard to get reception yesterday. (laughs) He said something, or he very quickly was like, was asked about his Cam Jackson, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson. 
comparison. Uh, made it very clear that you know that is over. He is Anthony Richardson. But then on the back end, again, he he very quickly acknowledges like I have got to work. I think he strikes that balance a little bit. Benedict Matherin like and a guy that exudes a ton of confidence, but clearly knows he still needs some work. Young guy reach, though, right? To reach a level. Yeah, he will turn 21 next month. Heard Joe Wright say last night if he goes to the Indianapolis 500, he's not going to be able to legally drink a beer. Good news that uh, you don't have to be 21 at that place. For- <laughs> Anthony, there's this place <laughs> called the Snake Pit. You should go check out. Yeah, quick. Mm-hmm. According to the NFL, 175,000 people just in the Snake Pit alone. Uh, Chicago Cubs 5-2 over the Padres yesterday. Major League Baseball, Cardinals over the Giants 6 nothing. Cute fella over the Tigers 7-4. Did your Arizona Diamondbacks play, Mark? I mean, because at this point, I think the they might have been idle. Leaving yeah. them in the dust, right? Ah, oh, come on. I think that might have been idle. I don't I don't remember seeing a final score there. Uh, Reds were idle, so they didn't lose yesterday. Uh, Columbus Clippers hey, over the Indianapolis in Indians, 7 nothing. White Sox stink. They are so bad. Uh, I watched not un minute. 14-5, Tampa. But uh, I saw the Celtics advanced. 128-120. Thank you. Can we get a swoosh on that, Mark? No. Tatum and Brown did their thing for you. Thank you. Jalen Brown with 32, Jason Tatum with 30 and 14 boards. Marcus Smart added 22. Malcolm Brogdon, sixth man of the year, 17 for Boston. So they advance. So we know three of the four semifinal series in the East, it's set. It'll be the Heat and Knicks and the Celtics and 76ers. Of course, Boy, Boston-Philly's a good series. And the Joel Embiid knee injury watch will be something to keep an eye on. Out West... Uh, Suns and Nuggets will get underway tomorrow, and then tonight we'll see if the Lakers and the Warriors can win their respective series, both at home, Lakers and Grizzlies, and then the Warriors and the Kings, both of those teams are up 3-2. By the way, I have a good trivia question for you, Kevin. How about if I ask you right now and you get a couple of minutes to think about it, we'll see if you can answer it on the other side. You ready? professional tease. Thank you. Uh, Anthony Richardson, assuming that, of course, eventually, whether it be week one, week six, next year, whatever it might be, uh, Anthony Richardson will be the third African-American quarterback to start a game for the Indianapolis Colts. Who are the other two? Oh, boy. I think I know now. Okay. Well, ponder it to make sure. And And one of them was kind of on a little spot duty, right? We'll get it on the other side. All right. Let's do it. Uh, And we'll take your calls. 317-239-1070. Kevin, you know the answer? Yes. Jacoby Bursett and then the Coney Island Thrasher, I think is what Chuck Pagano called Josh Freeman. That is the correct answer. I actually thought of and then looked up to verify Ricky Turner, who was the wishbone wonder that Ron Meyer brought off of a cement truck. The former Washington State quarterback played three games, I think it was, for the Colts to run the wishbone in the 88, I think it was 88 or 89 season. Um, he never started, though. I Play, played played a lot, but didn't start. Absolutely love the wishbone. I want the Colts to trade up for a fullback today. <laughs> yeah, Josh Freeman. Remember the other quarterback when they did the kind of the spot duty game to win that season finale? I know this. Hold on. Hold on. If you hadn't asked me, uh, Ryan. Oh, yeah. Ryan Lindley. Ryan Lindley, an Aztec of San Diego State. 
Oh, you want Cue the audio. Well, I, I mean, how many? You ask, think I have San Diego hey, listen, State? How many Aztec clips up did you ready play to go? during the tournament? Mark, listen, we need to have a meeting here about. No, we don't. I know you're eating your cereal over there, but I we need wish you. I had some you know, can we get you some Red Bull or some coffee, some mayo in the coffee, then some lead in your pencil? Thirty in the morning, so I'll take anything you got what, what, right now. Do we have to retire the plop sound after last night, or is that the yes. sound of Will Levis's drop? Yep, hold the mayo. Well, it is that. <laughs> Will Levis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mrs. Levis. I believe. Yeah. We'll take your calls, your reaction to Anthony Richardson or tweets at KPO1070 at jQuery 317-239-1070. Let's start off with David. David, your thoughts on Anthony Richardson. Hey, guys. Um, thank God we don't have to have mayo or coffee. But um, my thing is, is um, <laughs> Jim Mersey, if he does really good during preseason and they set him for the first couple games, when will Jim Mersey go to Shane Eichen? Steichen and say, hey, I need Anthony Richardson now. You know, the thing about Richardson, um, Jake, I think he can help you out from day one just in like the running packages. So I'll be curious to see in September if they say, hey, you know what, we're going to start Gardner Minshew, but we're going to incorporate Richardson in the short yardage and the red zone, kind of ease him in that way. You know, when will Ursay go to Steichen? I don't think Ursay is going to be in some like demanding of playing time. Um, I could be totally off base, but I get the vibe that Shane Steichen is going to be more willing to turn to Anthony Richardson in 2023 than most head coaches would be. Think so? I know this is like a very layup comparison, Jake, and some injuries have played into it, but look at how much like Trey Lance's growth has been stunted by yeah, that's, a lack of playing and time. And as well in Green Bay. Uh, you, know. Yeah, you, you know, we got this Jordan... Like, I, I get at that some there's point, a, you've got to just go, right? Yeah, and, and I get there's like nervous energy about, oh, you don't want to throw him in there too, too quickly. I am baptism by fire. I say play him. Um, so right away, he can help you out from a run standpoint. Uh, but again, I, I, I think Shane Steichen will be more willing. Where the Colts' bye week falls, and again, the schedule will come out here in a few weeks, might have some play into that. Uh, but it would not stun me if Anthony Richardson is starting games this season. One thing I read about Richardson, Kevin, was... Obviously, he didn't give teams pause, but one thing that will be maybe an adjustment for him is the fact that that I, I did read somewhere that because of his athleticism and, and everything else, that at Florida, he did run in the 13 games that he played, and I don't know if it was because of Anthony Richardson or just their offense in general, but they ran a fairly vanilla style playbook. Like it wasn't an overly expansive playbook. So he's going from regularly doing long division to now where he's got to do algebra. That's not to say he can't do algebra, but you, you know what I mean? He's never had to do algebra before because he's only had to do long division. Yeah, I, I've certainly heard kind of mixed reactions on how people view that Florida offense. I do think, and I know Shane Sykin didn't want to go there last night, you got to think a lot of what they did with Jalen Hurts is what they would want to do with Anthony right. Richardson. Um, let's go to uh, Phillip. What's up, Phillip? Hello, Philip. He's there. You there? <laughs> Are you with the Levis family? <laughs> Philip's in the green room. It'll have great reception. Is the next quarterback Levis or Hooker off the board? I was wondering that too. I think it might be Hendon Hooker because we're getting into the Hendon Hooker known category, right? Known territory. That this is about where he was going to be. Mark's yelling for us to take Gary. What's up, Gary? Hey, how you doing? Good, Gary. How are you? Sorry about that. What's your name? I'm doing good. Just have an outside-the-box question. 
I already, I already love where this is heading. You sound like a fun guy, Gary. Are you, and you're wide awake this morning, aren't you? I am. I just got off at 6 o'clock this morning. Oh, really? What's uh, What sort of work do you do, Gary? I work in the healthcare industry. Okay, well, oh, thank good you for you. For that, Gary. Yeah, thank you. All right, go ahead with your wild outside-the-box thought. Do you think the coach take Will Levis oh, at the top of the second round? Do you work for Dukes, Mayo? <laughs> you know uh, what, Gary? Gary, let me tell you something. What time did you go into work last night? 10 p.m. 10 p.m. At about 11 o'clock last night, you were an hour into work. Yep. I actually was on my way home. Mm-hmm. I had a bunch of school stuff to do last night. I went out to get something, and I actually thought to myself as I was walking to my car, mm-hmm. how crazy would it be if the Colts took Will Levis and then just went ahead and covered both their bases on two guys to see which one to make sure that they didn't swing and miss in the draft where they more need a quarterback than any draft outside of the luck draft of the last 20 years? Same thing I was thinking, and that's why I wanted to just ask you guys that question. Now, and it's kind of outside the box, but just wanted to see what you guys would think. The thing is this, Gary. I think the answer is zero percent chance, yeah, but I don't think it's. Zero. But but Appreciate I thought the, the same thing. I, I I thought the exact same thing, and then immediately thought they can't do that because they have too many needs elsewhere. I mean that that's the bottom line. That they, they found their guy. They're going to stick by their guy. The one thing we know is that when you have quarterback by committee, you don't have a quarterback. You just don't have enough reps to go around. Well, that's it. I mean, but I, in all honesty, I don't think it's at the dumbest question ever, but it's just the fact that they have too many other needs. And when you draft a young quarterback like that, you have to let that young quarterback know you are unequivocally our guy and then roll with it. Boy, I couldn't agree more with this from Brad. Uh, Anthony Richardson's mobility will artificially make the offensive line look drastically improved from last year. That is so true. Uh, okay, here are some teams drafting here in the first 10 spots tonight. Where does Will Levis go? Paul, what do you want to talk about? Detroit. The Rams. Seattle. And then drafting 41 overall, the Titans. Detroit. The Rams. Seattle. And the Titans. Any of those teams jump out at you? Seattle. Seattle, I think, is a possibility, but they. Just, how long did they just sign Geno Smith for? I think it was like a three-year deal, but I'm pretty sure a lot of it was front-loaded. Okay. What about the Rams post Stafford? Also possible. Michael, you- let, let me look at the. If you look at the second round, Pittsburgh, no. Okay, Arizona, no. Okay. Uh, the, I'm, I'm looking here at who else is going to be. Yeah, I mean you're. I, New Orleans? Yeah. At I mean, Car, Car just got a, a, you know, obviously a pretty big deal. Three, four, five in that so, I mean, it's going to be somebody that, that it says we're going to give it a year or two. Titans would be interesting. In transition, yeah. You know, they get a... Well, the Titans, though, would probably be better off taking Hinton Hooker, wouldn't they? Sure. Because they've got... If it's a guy that they're going to wait a year before they hand the baton over to them, then one would think Hinton Hooker would make sense there also for the obvious reasons, mm-hmm. even though that doesn't seem to, in the NFL, mean much in terms of, oh, he's going to sell tickets. I mean, you know. I put money on the Titans selecting Hooker, so we'll see. Uh, let's go to Paul. What's up, Paul? Hello, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm good. Uh, now, in the second round, what I would love to see the Colts do um, is trade up uh, 
for the 32nd pick, uh, trade their second pick and maybe a fifth-round pick, and draft Jalen Hyatt uh, to go with Anthony Richardson. And That's some speed right there. Exactly. Since we didn't re-sign Paris Campbell, let's get him in here and uh, let's let this young offense grow together. Paul, sign me up for that. I, I said in the mock that I did, I had Richardson going four, and then I had Tyler Scott from Cincinnati, who who has kind of a bit of a T.Y. Hilton bolt, uh, build to him. I believe last year it was eight catches over 30 yards for him. We know what Chris Bauer thinks of the Cincinnati program. Um, so I think that is a name. 35 might be a hair early for him. But, Jake, when we've talked about wideout before, I've mentioned this. You've got enough power forwards in the room. You need to go get some point guards. You need to get different body types. You need to diversify that room. And Richardson's biggest strength as a passer is downfield stuff. So go get a burner. I think if he is available when the Colts are drafting here in the second round, they go with Joey Porter Jr. Because they've got to get... Corners a a definite need? It is. Do you rely on that depth, though? Whereas wide receiver might be a little bit more scarce? Well, I don't know... How deep a receiver draft was this thought to be? I know that it was thought to be a pretty deep corner draft as well. It's probably one or the other, right, in terms of who you get. They do need – Kevin, they need playmakers. I mean, there's no doubt. But but I just think they – and they kind of painted themselves into this corner. I use that phrase a lot. But they kind of backed themselves into the corner, did they not, of needing a – of needing a corner. Because they let – you know, they they trade away Stephon Gilmore – I think you got to support the QB first, especially with this QB needing development. You, you, you want to make sure that the infrastructure around him is as sound as possible. I, I'm not going to throw a huge fit if they go corner, but I'm going wide out right here because I think that that falls off more than what it about, does. What about big time tight end? Yeah, I mean, again, the Notre Dame in me would love to see Michael Mayer, but I think wide out's a bigger need than than tight end. I would agree with that. I, Tight end, I, they don't need a tight end unless it is a, like I said, a Kittle slash Kelsey type tight end, and those guys hardly grow on trees. Uh, Joe writes in 30. Let's get one more in. Uh, let's go with Eric here. What's up, Eric? I'm good. How you guys? We're good, man. Happy Friday. You too, man. So what about... Uh... Harrison Jr., is he coming out, or what's the status on him? He's not eligible till next year. Next year? Yeah. He would have, right. if he was eligible this year, his name would have been called last year before 9 o'clock. But he is not eligible till next year. Thanks, Eric. Take one more. I think maybe the weekend started a little earlier for Eric on that one. He was on the, he's like, yeah, I think they should take Harrison. I'm like, Harrison Jr.? He's like, yeah. All right, hang on. Let's go, let's go to JJ. Rosie loves her friend JJ at school. What's up, JJ? Hey, what's up, fellas? How Mark, we doing? I'm Jake. Y'all doing all right? Yeah, you? Good, good, good. Hey, I think that's a good pick by uh, the Colts. Uh, I think Gardner Minshew should at least get in there and start. Uh, I, I do like, you know, throwing Richardson in there and getting him going, but Minshew, he's a, I mean, he's consistent. That's very good. And, uh, also, just real quick, because you got to get off of here. The mail thing, that was hilarious. I'm glad that you guys are starting to talk a little bit more about the Cubs instead of that Reds noise. 
Whoa. Let's give some cups, the cups some love, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah, JJ. JJ whenever. Caller Mark, of the was day. that a planned call by no, you? No, no. Caller of the day, JJ right there. Gosh. I am so oh, glad. Where are you go? Reds have won three in a row. Don't look now. Are you going to abandon being a Reds fan? Are you going to abandon following this team? I am so glad that we never have to do that mayo crap again. <laughs> hey, I mean, I think the mayo is still in the fridge. Hey, I haven't looked. I he think gets it's still drafted there. by the Titans tonight, twice a year. Will Levis on the schedule, and yeah. we got to break out the mayo for those moments. Absolutely. By the way, the Colts schedule next year. Obviously, you'll see C.J. Stroud a couple times. How about Anthony Richardson versus Bryce Young? You'll see the Panthers as well. Is that a is that a Thursday nighter? Is that a nice Thursday night appeal? Anthony Richardson, of An- the Bryce sele- Young, the selection of Anthony Richardson give the Colts maybe an extra primetime game at Ooh, some point. I, I, I might be a hair that? premature on that because you don't know if he's going to start. Yeah, you don't know when when they're going to put, put him it late in. in the season. Gardner Minshew is the guy that that we easily forget about in the fact that I, I like Gardner Minshew. I think if they, quite frankly, if they go a half a year before they hand the reins over. I think he's a really capable and and likable guy to groom. And you made, you know, Kevin, you made a really good point when they signed him. Of he is a guy that had to take reps as a young player and can can kind of mold somebody on what exactly all goes into that. Started twelve games as a rookie, and Jake, remember Gardner he Mitchell, played well as a rookie. Gardner Mitchell and Anthony Richardson worked out together at some point this offseason. So there is a little familiarity there. I'm not acting like they're best friends, but there is some background between those two as well. All right, Joe Wrights joins us in a half hour. Kevin Bowen, Jake Query, Mark Dykton right here on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Kevin furiously replying to an angry tweet. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, good Friday morning to Anthony Richardson, <laughs> the number four overall pick. I would guess We're live, Richard- pal. Richardson will be uh, en route here at some point this morning. Uh, to Andy, you can look for a press conference uh, for him later. If he's not on with JMV this afternoon, I assume he will be on tonight when draft coverage begins with uh, Rick Venturi, Matt Taylor. Is it Joe Wrights again tonight? No, I believe Joe Wrights is not doing tonight. Yeah, he's coverage. got he's herding the cattle of the mm-hmm. Wrights family. Uh, he will join us here coming up at the bottom of the hour. And then a week from today will be Colts rookie minicamp. And unless Anthony Richardson's got some injury situation that is unheard of. I would assume he participates in that. Um, a little bit on Richardson off the field, uh, for those that care. Uh, moved to Gainesville when he was 10, extremely close with his mom and his little brother. Obviously went to high school in the Gainesville area and then stayed there at the University of Florida. Um, so obviously a ton of hype around that program when he got there. Rocked the Tim Tebow, number 15 there. Jake, he wanted to be a firefighter when he was growing up. Didn't we all want to be a firefighter when we were growing up? He like he went to like one of those high schools where it's like, hey, for class today, you go out in the workforce and you do something. And that was what he did. He decided to do that. So a little bit of his background on that. Um, again, I think he's very close to his home. His agent's from Gainesville. His manager's from Gainesville. Um, this is not some like... A CAA nabbed him as a five-star number one overall recruit. He was highly recruited, but was not that. Um, so he made a you know, very apparent last night that his uh, ties to Gainesville uh, mean a whole lot to him. This was, to me, the true sign that the Colts went all in on 
turning around the ship and going in a completely different direction. And by that, I mean, and I will give Chris Ballard credit for this. I mean, a lot of things, but but he deserves credit for this. I think Chris Ballard, quite frankly, over the course of his tenureship, making selections for the Colts and the direction of the Colts, has been very stubborn. I think he's been stubborn in his methods of kind of an old-school approach when it comes to the game of football. And we have, maybe overly so, I have been critical of the fact that the Colts put their assets in positions that at one time were very important in the game of football, but not necessarily in 2023 important in the game of football. Running back, middle linebacker, left guard, things like that. This is a hybrid of kind of a, a, a tip to that style, but with a modern flair. To me, the Anthony Richardson draft and the selection thereof was symbolic in a very important way because it shows that Shane Steichen, one would assume, had a lot of influence on who they were going to select. And if Shane Steichen had a lot of influence on who they were going to select, I think that shows a maturation in almost a humility of Chris Ballard of saying, I am going to trust the way that you want this franchise to look. And the way that you want it to look is a Jalen Hurts-type mold of an offense, which is a very modern philosophy versus the philosophy that we have tried to go with for the last two or three years. And I give them total credit for that. And you know, Jake, we make this comparison a lot, um, and maybe it's lazy, but I think it happens when you're in a market with only two major professional sports teams of the big four leagues. I think... The Colts did last night what the Pacers did in trading away DeMontis Sabonis in saying, all right, enough is enough. We've tried to play contrarian. We've tried to do things a little bit differently. That is no longer the correct path to go down. The Pacers now play a little bit more of a modern style and what is needed. And now the Colts finally are going down the path that is necessary to try and build something. And that's ultimately, I think, as a fan, what you want. What you want is to potentially have a decade-long run. It might not, and it probably won't, reach the run that you had, obviously, in the 2000s. But can you have a quarterback in place that gives you an opportunity to try and make annual runs? That's the goal. And Matt Ryan wasn't going to do that on an annual basis. Phillip Rivers wasn't going to do that. And Philadelphia told you everything you needed to know about where Carson Wentz was at. So it was... Three straight misses, whether it be age or whether it be playing style at that position. And now you've gone down the correct path and you've given Shane Steichen something to work with. Obviously, development is a must with this pick. Um, but I am, I think Colts fans should be thrilled today that there is some hope and some injection of life. And this year might look ugly, but you know what? it's going to be a whole lot better than us debating on a Monday morning how slow Matt Ryan's fastball is or if Matt Ryan could get outrun by Peyton Manning right. and Phillip Rivers in a 40-yard well, dash. the other thing is we'd mentioned earlier, Kevin, and this kind of flies in the face of what I was talking about in terms of a modern offensive style because what I'm about to say, philosophically speaking, is more quote-unquote old school. But the thing that Richardson does do potentially, especially with Jonathan Taylor behind him, 
is, you know, Richardson's got a, a big-time arm. And if they can get – and they've got to get – what they now need to do is get some guys that can get behind defenses and, and make that big-time arm worth having. But when you look at the AFC, and I've said it before, I've said it 100 times, and I apologize because it's going to be 101, but the Colts are in the right lane, and the traffic is at a gridlock, and they're looking at the left lane, and they're seeing Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes – Tua, if you want to put him in there. Lamar Jackson now, who we know is staying in Baltimore. No surprise. Aaron Rodgers now just merged over, even though he's obviously exiting soon out of the lane. But the Colts are trying to find where there's an opening where they can get over into that left-hand lane, and it is an awfully crowded AFC. This is a quarterback-loaded conference. The, the NFL has an imbalance at the quarterback position, and if you're in the AFC and you don't have one of them, you're in trouble. What this allows the Colts to do until Richardson, who is only 20 years old, really gets his feet underneath them, because of his style of play, Kevin, it allows them, if they hang around in games against some of these AFC teams, to keep the ball out of the hands in late situations, to keep the ball out of the hands of the opposing quarterback. If you've got a three-point lead, two-point lead, whatever it might be, and you don't want Trevor Lawrence getting the ball back, you don't want... Patrick Mahomes getting the ball back, whatever it might be. It is a lot easier to salt that clock away when you've got a quarterback on third and three that can tuck the ball and run off of guard and get four yards for you. And Jonathan Taylor can do that too, but he's not necessarily between the tackles guy. Anthony Richardson might be exactly that. The biggest on-field question with Anthony Richardson is that accuracy. Uh, Here was Chris Bauer last night when asked about it. There's always, and and it's fair, that's a fair assessment, and I think we've seen, I think the one thing we're seeing in the league now is guys, you can work on their, and get them more accurate, you know, just footwork, fundamentals, there's certain things I think we can do, and I think you've seen guys jump in our league, and I think you'll see him jump. Josh Allen is probably the poster child of making that jump, you know, Jalen Hurts entered the NFL with a much higher um, whatever accuracy numbers in college and Anthony Richardson, but he yeah, made a has made a jump in his three years. I think something to keep in mind because that, that's where I'm the biggest. To me, this is the biggest question again: How accurate can he get? Be, can he find the touch? Can he, you know, become more of a wedge game player and not just you know break out the driver on on every tee box? Um, the advantage you have with a guy like Richardson, given his running trait. You don't need him to be Philip Rivers accurate. You don't need him to be Drew Brees accurate. If he can get to like 62, 64%, something like that, his big playability down the field as a thrower and then his running element all of a sudden doesn't put as much pressure on that accuracy. Again, he still needs to improve without question, but that is the advantage to this selection as well is that you don't need him to be death by a thousand paper cuts, methodically moving the way down the field with, you know, six, eight, ten yard little dink and dunk sort of things. Um, he's got the ability to create some big plays, and that was obviously lacking for this team last year. There are if you were going to nitpick, so for those that are and maybe this isn't the time to do it, I, I get it, but if you were to look in totality at the pros and the cons of Anthony Richardson, the perceived cons about him, if there are any, the lack of games would be one. The 
relatively, and I say that relatively, I'm not saying that Florida runs a simple offense, but in relation to the NFL, the simplicity of an offense that he ran versus what he will be asked to learn at the NFL level would be two. There's no reason to believe he can't grasp that. I'm just saying he hasn't necessarily run an NFL-style offense, apparently. That would be number two. Number three would be the mechanics for the passing game. We had heard a lot about Will Levis, who is still waiting for his name to be called after round one has passed. Anthony Richardson was a name that really started, I think, post-combine to be one that we started hearing more and more about. And obviously, Zach Kiefer, Stephen Holder, you, Kevin, all three of you guys were saying you thought Richardson was had put himself in the driver's seat. Question for Chris Ballard is when exactly – did they know that they were comfortable with Anthony Richardson and that that was the possibility of the selection? After we spent time with him, you know, we knew after we spent our time, worked him out, spent a lot of time with him, um, just felt really good about who he was as a person. You know, of course, he's still young, but just felt really good about who he was. A little time frame on all of that, Jake. Morocco Brown, who probably is viewed as, I would say, third in line. Uh, in their scouting department, uh, Ballard one, Ed Dodds two, Morocco Brown three. Uh, he texted Ballard back in August. You know, Anthony Richardson still was not the full time starter. I guess was about to be at Florida, but basically said to Ballard, "This dude is doing things on the practice field that I've never seen." Um, so that was kind of the first like we've got to keep an eye on him. Obviously, Richardson he really had a nice start to his season. Utah was a big game early in the year, um, and then and then tapered off and just didn't show the consistency throughout the year. Uh, but the Colts went down there and worked him out um, kind of in the late winter months when Shane Steichen got the job a couple weeks into the job. He walked into Chris Boward's office and said, wow, I, I just watched a little bit of Richardson and, and I can see the hype about it. Um, and then as Chris pointed out there, they had another workout with Richardson in Gainesville when they made kind of the tour of the U.S. and working out the various quarterbacks. And then they brought him in for a visit um, to their building as well. And that was more of the, all right, how is he between the ears? Uh, Does he check that important box? And they really feel like he does. Um, Mark that, uh, the the Richardson on on kind of his talents clip. Um, This is Anthony Richardson last night, a little bit more of an expanded version on what he feels like he brings to the NFL. You know, for one, I'm a hard worker. You know, I, I truly believe that, and I'm willing to work hard, and I work harder than anybody. Two, you know, God blessed me with physical abilities that not every quarterback has. You know, people see me, they don't think I'm a quarterback. You know, I'm not an average quarterback, and I, I can do things other QBs can't do, so I definitely take pride in that. And then I'm also willing to learn. You know, I'm willing to be, you know, just as good or if not better than all these quarterbacks in the job and all the quarterbacks in the league. So, you know, that's, that's why I feel like I'm, I'm one of the greatest. Uh, he, he's built like Bo Jackson. I mean, there's no doubt about that. When I first saw him at the combine, I thought I thought the defensive ends don't talk until Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he's what's he weigh? I think at the combine it was north of two forty. Uh, the Colts, uh, I want to say they they put his official height and weight at six four two thirty two. I mean, that's impressive. Which is, I, I guess, pretty much Andrew and Luck. The, the body fat's like six percent, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a power forward, defensive end, tight end type of look to him. Uh, obviously, the combine is kind of where he um, set things on fire. But Kevin, you just mentioned something that I think is a, a good thing to go back to as a barometer. Andrew Luck, think about this. Think about 
Andrew Luck was as big a can't miss as Anthony Richardson is intriguing. And even with Andrew Luck at the can't miss greatest prospect of 30 years comes in and wins double-digit games in year number one with all of the changes going on around with the head coach being out and, and an interim coach and everything else and a veteran wide receiver, even with all of that, with Andrew Luck, you saw how difficult it was to put the proper pieces around a quarterback. And in addition to that, Andrew Luck, who was big, durable, physical, and athletic, his career was shortened because of the abuse his body took by running the football. And so that goes to show, you know, Richardson might be, he may be bigger than Luck, although Luck was pretty darn big, man. And they now need to learn from precedent by, number one, building around him the right pieces, and number two, with the running of the football, there still is a means. Like, you look at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts isn't running into linebackers and, and ducking his head, right? I mean, there, there, there have to you have to have some intelligence and some strategy. Can't be overly on relying on it. Correct. You, you've got to balance out when and where you're using that and how you're using that because you still need to protect your greatest asset i think bills fans would echo that right now there's times that bills fans watch josh Allen and they're like we're really designing another run play for him exactly and and he's super effective at it and and that'll be uh, obviously a balance and that's why again he needs to take a a major step forward as a passer so that you aren't overly here's relying on that i i said this before when you look at at running quarterbacks, and I know that 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 the somebody sent me a text. It's very accurate. The running quarterbacks is like three point shooters in the NBA now. You got to have them, right? That's like the new thing. But when you look at quarterbacks that run the football, Kevin, there are two kinds. There are quarterbacks that are running guys, and you say, you know, he can he can actually throw a little bit. And then there are guys that can throw, and you go, but he can run. And that's what you want. You want the second, right? Mm-hmm. So you want Richardson's got to develop an accurate, not long ball, because he can throw the hell out of the football. What you need is he ha- he has to develop the timing in the intermediate passing game, and then everything blossoms off of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know we're a decade in the future, but, you know, at the age of 30, 31, you're just not going to be the same runner. So you've got to make sure that you're passing um, – whatever your passing production or your passing game takes enough stride to where uh, you can still be at an acceptable level here coming up uh, as his career moves along all right joe wright's going to join us in less than 10 minutes Um, we'll continue to take your calls after that 317-239-1070 let's do a morning check down So I will table the Colts talk for just a second so that we can mention last night in the NBA, Boston over Atlanta, 128 to 120. That advances the Celtics now. They win the series four games to two. They will face Philadelphia round two of the playoffs. Jalen Brown last night, 32. Jason Tatum had 30 and 14. And Malcolm Brogdon, the former Pacer and the sixth man of the year, had 17 for Boston. So that actually, I think Boston-Philly is going to be a really good series in the East. 
Speaking of Pacers, did you uh, see that? Is this yeah. from Alex? Golden? Alex Golden. Uh, Lance <laughs> Stevenson has agreed to a deal with Puerto Rican team Leonis de Ponce. Per sources, are you going Ponce or Ponce? I don't know. I'm saying Ponce, like Ponce. I like de that Leon. Ponce de Leon. Yeah, yeah. I go that did, right. That. Ponce de Leon didn't he? Did, wasn't he looking for the Fountain of Youth? Mm-hmm. Did you ever find it? Sounds like Lance Stevenson is too, right? He retweeted he the, I guess, the team, or maybe it's a media source tweet. Um, I see the word Anos in there. Uh, 30 Anos, 30 mm-hmm. years old, I assume. Yeah. That would be Lance Stevenson right now. Look at that. Good for High Lance. School Spanish. Talk a little Puerto Rican spice. Lance lives here, doesn't he? That would be Lance. Well, that'd be a hell of a commute. Uh, I, I believe he does. Yeah, I believe he does. Uh, you talked NBA, uh, Jake. I did. Does anybody care about Major League Baseball from last night? Uh, no, because the Reds didn't play. Yeah. Are you going to abandon being a Reds fan? Are you uh, going to abandon following this mark? team? Yeah, the precipitous, precipitous falls. Did coming. the Cubs win? Yes, they did. Yes, they did, sir. Does anybody care, he asked. Yes, Congrats. Uh, all right, Shane Steichen last night. Anthony Richardson, again, the selection. Obviously, the run trait. Well documented with Anthony Richardson. But Shane Steichen says, do not sleep on the arm. It definitely helps. I mean, when a guy can run and add that element to your offense, I mean, it's a, it's a big plus. It puts stress on defenses, and obviously he has that capability. But I, I, I just want to sleep on his throwing ability either. I mean, he, that ball comes out pretty now. He can spin it. He's got a huge arm, and he's made some huge plays in the past game. So we're excited to work with him. It's the touch. That's the question. There's nothing really down the field you worry about. It is more of a, all right, what does he look like when it's time to chip and putt a little bit, not just break out the driver on every hole. I saw the Fuels season ended last night. 5-3 sweep by Toledo. And the uh, Indianapolis Indians lost a day game. Toledo, by the way, goons. That's all I know about them. That's all I know about them is their goons. And By you, the way, you um, were really hoping for the mud hens to be in town as well. <laughs> I, I think they could have come in the same bus, right? Just all driven over together. A bunch of hockey guys and minor league baseball players. That's like a movie waiting to happen, yeah, right? Quite a bus. Slap shot meets like minor <laughs> major, major league. Holy Toledo, right? Yeah. Uh, by the way, since we do our, we started that new tradition, at least I did, uh, last week of the shout out to kids at the, the school line. Oh, I love this. Uh, how about Sam Lewis? Sam! Sam is on his way to Cincinnati right now. Uh, looks like he must be having the uh, day off from school. Either that or it's a long commute. Um, he just said, quote, that would be an awesome job these guys have, waking up and talking about sports. Sam, we're lucky to have it. I, I don't disagree, except for the fact that we have yet to do the waking up part. Right, yeah. Sam, I've also taken my shirt off, uh, put some mayonnaise in coffee, and... <laughs> And eating Long's Donuts. And eating Long's Donuts. And, well, Sam, one day maybe a PBR for you as well. Likewise, I'd like to ask this question as well. Jason Venturi is calling me right now. Now, how does somebody that I went to high school with and grew up with and whose dad has been on this program not realize that I'm on the air right now? Should I be offended by that? He probably knows that you've been known to multitask on your phone. Jason is the one. I've told the story a hundred times, but it's applicable here. Jason is the one that, along with me... The two of us are in our high school National Honor Society photo because we just happened to be walking through the student center when they were taking the yearbook photo, so we got in the photo. And I was thinking last night during the draft, the Colts have to hope that Anthony Richardson, when it comes to all the picks in the first round, that they are actually getting like the Byling Yen, Ned Zimmerman, legitimate National Honor Society, and not the Jason Venturi, Jake Quarry, like crashing the photo. You do, but you never know with the draft if you're getting the authentic thing or whether you're getting 
somebody that's a poser. And a couple of those names that we heard last night are going to turn out to be posers. The coach, the Colts just have to hope that the one they got is not the guy. And, but we'll see, right? And, Kev, you forgot to mention the Vegemite. You did that Vegemite, as well. thank you, Mark. I knew there was one more. And one week from Wednesday? Jay Quarry. One week from when? Wednesday, right? May 10th, graduation May time. May 10th, that's correct. Vitamin C, play the song, Mark. <laughs> I will. Uh, Joe Wright. That Neve 6. <laughs> Joe Wright joins us here on the other side. Speaking of fathers and sons in their car on this Friday morning, this one here. Uh, can I get a shout out from Finley, Ohio? We've got Mitchell Soup Campbell. How great is that name? <laughs> and his son, Big Easy. That is E Z on the letters there. How great is Soup? Do you think Soup was a fullback back in the day? I think Big Easy's cooler. But Soup, yes. Joe, Joe writes, who had the best nickname when you were on the Colts? Oh, when I was playing? Yeah. Any any good nicknames uh, in that locker room? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be tough to come with the best. Um, I don't know. We, we didn't have a ton of great ones in terms of the O-line. It was pretty boring, like, you know, AC and uh, Hager. And, yeah, it, it would we not not a lot of great nicknames for us. Nothing like Soup. Yes, yeah, soup is strong right there. If you're soup, that's a that's a strong strong name. So speaking of and uh, AR15, I found out that was the nickname of uh, Anthony Richardson, who we drafted. We'll be interested to see if that nickname continues. But um, man, what a night last night, huh, fellas? I didn't realize, Joe, because I was listening to you guys last night when Rick Venturi, yourself, and Matt Taylor, and great job by all three of you guys, um, breaking down really each and every pick of the draft. But I was listening to you guys when when Rick had mentioned the AR-15 aspect, and, and I kind of thought the same as you, Joe, of like, and, and I don't necessarily want to open this can of worms, but I thought, okay, in today's climate and culture within the country, you know, for that nickname, and Kevin, you had mentioned that Anthony Richardson himself had said he kind of wants to back away from I, I the nickname, thought, right? I mean, obviously he wears 15. Right. Um, right. It, it's That's his jersey it number, right. and I think a little bit of Tim Tim Tebow there from the Gainesville native. I, I thought he had kind of, I don't know, backtracked that. And obviously we yeah. heard him when he was selected last night. You know, he, he made it very clear right away of, you know, Cam Jackson, the Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, uh, that, you know, he, he's going to you know try and whatever, uh, go down his, his own path. But Joe, what I was saying about the pick, and I want your thoughts on this, Joe Wrights, because, you know, you've, you've obviously played in and seen the game in a much closer lens th- than I, but I thought this was last night, the Colts officially turning the page into a new era of style of play of football and finally embracing kind of getting away from and at no disrespect to some of the players they've had or the formats that they have used I thought the Colts were trying to kind of win with a style that was becoming antiquated and this immediately puts them in the DeLorean and sends them back to the future your thoughts I think that's a great take, Jake. You know, Rick Venturi made the point, you know, whether they draft Levis or Richardson, it's really a bet on the next 10 years and what the NFL is going to look like in 10 years. And just from, you know, my time playing, you know, retiring six years ago, the NFL's changed so much in terms of the Saturday offense creeping in, and you have to have a mobile quarterback now. And I think, for me, this pick is exciting for a couple reasons. One, I do think Richardson has the highest ceiling of anybody in the draft. Now, he's clearly young. He's got a lot of work to do. He's not yet 21, but 
to me, this pick is a little bit more of an NBA pick where you're drafted on potential. And Chris Ballard even said, we're drafting him to what he could be, not what he is right now. Where the traditional thinking in the NFL is, hey, we got to draft a guy that can come in and start day one, and he's close to his full potential. But this pick for the Colts really is, the last 25 years, we've had great quarterback play and won a lot of games and a lot of trophies with a traditional pocket passer. This is, hey, the next 10 years, the NFL, the new NFL, Shane Steichen, who did it as good as anybody's done it with Sirianni and Hurts and Philly, say this new type of offense, this Saturday afternoon offense, blended with the Sunday passing. We can win at Philly, and they were a phantom or not defensive holding penalty away from winning the Super Bowl, and now we're going to get a guy with some of those same traits, actually some better athletic traits, and we can build this franchise in this offense, in this new version of football around your new quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Joe, if you were in that locker room and you were watching that last night, and let's say you had been on whatever, you, you, you'd you been with the franchise since Andrew Luck retired, what would your reaction have been in seeing that selection for that type of player at that position? It would have been excitement because I think, you know, every guy that's in the locker room, it's exciting to think about the what-ifs and what could our offense look like not only next September, but the September after. And I think the combination of Richardson's athleticism is, you know, uh, really, you know, ability to run the football. And what, what he's good at right now is running the football, making plays, and throwing the ball far downfield. Explosive plays is what I think about. Now you combine him with Jonathan Taylor, one of the best running backs. Instantly, Jonathan Taylor's running game, things are going to open wide up. Why? Because you got an extra guy. The defense has got to just defend 12 guys in an extra gap that takes less pressure off the offensive line and in time it'll free up our wide receivers because now teams have the decision to make we got to bring an extra guy up to account for this running game and the qb powers and sweeps and options and so now we're going to get one-on-one coverage and so those guys just have to be able to beat press man and one-on-one so i think it opens up so much if i'm an offensive player it's exciting it's dynamic because it's new it's been done really well in Baltimore with Lamar. It's been done, I would arguably, better um, in Philly the last year. And there's going to be so many changes offensively. As an offensive lineman, I love it too. You know why? Because we're not standing back there in the pocket and waiting for defensive linemen to come in and collapse a quarterback that's not mobile. we got a guy that's going to be out in space and moving. We're going to be running the football a lot more, zone read concepts, different types of things. As an old lineman, you can be aggressive. So that's where I have a lot of excitement with Richardson. Again, I think – uh, expectations all need to be tempered, right? Because if this guy was going to come in and light the world on fire day one, Carolina would have dropped him with a number one overall pick, right? If that was a consensus. But his ceiling is the highest of anybody in the draft. And if you're going to take a swing on these, you know, one of these four quarterbacks, you know, you're taking a swing on the guy with the biggest chance of potential. And, you know, potential is exciting, right? The hope, the excitement, what could we be like for the next decade? That's exciting, and that's the feeling I got last night talking to Colts fans in the building and, you know, talking with friends and family this morning. Joe, is you, Joe Wrights is our guest on the Payless Sugars Hotline. Let's say, for the sake of argument, that the Colts now decide, okay, we have this young player in Anthony Richardson, and I think we both know, to your point, that the, it, I don't think they, they're thinking of him as a plug-and-play guy, right? I mean, they're going to they're gonna let this kind of org- organically grow, but... 
if they decide that they want to now draft weapons for him, because he's got a huge arm, if they decide they need, like, let's say, deep ball receivers or more playmaking tight ends, whatever that may be, are there areas of need for the Colts right now that they can set aside in order to draft offensive players and other do you get what i'm asking there like like are they strong enough at other positions are they good enough or are there still needs that are like you know what this doesn't necessarily directly affect the quarterback but it is a big enough need they have to address it now in round two yeah you you always want to draft more on best talent than need especially early in the draft that's the the best long-term solution for me the three biggest positions in need are edge rusher cornerback and receiver and I think man I love Nolan Smith he kept falling and falling and I'm like man for some reason he gets to the second round we might be able to take him but he went off the board at 30 to Philly I think that the fourth pick tonight which the Colts have there's going to be a really good corner or receiver that they're going to like and I would expect one of those two positions that's my gut because I think those are both positions in need, and I think the way the draft shook out in the first round, the depth at those two positions is higher maybe than edge rusher right now. Also, you're going to expect somebody's probably going to take Levis with the first one, two, or three pick and maybe trade up because he's still on the board. So there's going to be a really good player at positions, but I would think that receiver or corner are our two biggest needs right now. Obviously, receiver would give Richardson another weapon, but corner, definitely a need with us trading Gilmore in the offseason. You heard him last night, obviously, the Fishers native, Joe Wright's former cold offensive lineman with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Joe, I want to go back to 2012 for you. Um, Reggie Wayne was telling a story earlier this week about when Andrew Luck was drafted, Reggie kind of said to him, hey, um, let me handle the offense you know, from a leadership standpoint, and then whenever you are ready, you just let me know and I'll back off. And, and and you take over. And Reggie said he felt like kind of mid-ish November in that rookie season. That was when Andrew said, all right, I think I got this. Um, do you recall any moments like that with Luck? Uh, you know, I, I know I don't think he was here right away in the spring. I think he still had to finish some classes at Stanford. But do you recall any of those moments back in 2012? I mean, the one that sticks out to me most is our very first OTA practice he's a part of. We have a protection, and basically, let's think, as an O-line, we're sliding right. So we're sliding to the right side of the field if a linebacker or corner blitzes. And Andrew basically said, well, based on the coverage, they're going to be pressure from the left. Why can't we make an opposite call and switch the protection over there? And right then and there, we made a new call in protection and switched it. And I remember us O-linemen looking around and we're like, all right, we got a guy right here. And so I think Andrew's, his leadership characteristics were just unique. And he was ready. He was the surefire draft plug and play day one. And I think that's the difference with him and Richardson. Richardson might be the starter day one. He very well might not be. But you got a guy in Minshew who's a great bridge to this next generation. And the nice thing, too, is Minshew's been in Philly's offense. And he's athletic enough to run the offense. He's not clearly Richardson's level. But if you're Shane and Jim Bob, I think right now you're building the offense and concepts around Richardson. But you also know you got a guy in place that, Richardson doesn't have to start day one if he's not ready. I think that's what's important, to kind of temper expectations with the fan. If he's not the day one starter, it doesn't mean he's not going to reach his full potential. He might, you know, take over midseason. It might be next season. Who knows? I look at what Pittsburgh did last year with Pickett. I thought that was really strong. You know, Tomlin was very upfront. Hey, the rookie's not ready yet. Trubisky's going to start. He's earned it. And all of a sudden, Pickett, he, they, he got in midseason. And they beat the Colts, and they ended up, 
winning nine games and almost made the playoffs, and now he's got a lot of confidence to take the reins over a year or two. I think that's a good kind of template on how they did things, and I would expect maybe something similar from the Colts uh, this season. But to be clear, you have a guy you're building your franchise and offense around, so all those concepts are going to be what can he do and maximize his skill set. But it's also okay, in my opinion, if he doesn't have the keys to the kingdom day one out of the gate, because I think that's a little bit unfair to a guy that does lack a little bit of the experience that traditionally you know, a top-five quarterback has. Okay, I kind of wanted to go there next, and you certainly uh, provided some detail on that. You know, w- would you look at trying to incorporate him in any sort of like run game, short yardage, red zone package early on? I mean, you, you seem to give the indication you are totally content with him sitting for quite a while in 2023. Yeah, but I think, to your point, if he's not the day-one starter, you have a, a package of plays for Richardson that maybe gets 10, 15 snaps a game, and he comes in and does different things that he's really good at. And then, you know, you kind of build it slow and steady over time. Again, this is a draft pick for the franchise that changes the direction in a positive way, but it's a 10-year plan, right? And you're not going to rush the 10-year plan to try to mortgage the farm and, and do all these things day one. So in that, I think it's good, and I think the fact he's coming in with a new head coach and obviously – they're kind of tied together. You know, they got time to build this thing the right way for long-term sustained success. Because the reality is, with Aaron Rodgers coming into the AFC, Lamar Jackson signing a five-year deal, I mean, nine of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL are in the AFC right now. And you got to be able to beat the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs for the future, let alone our own division. And I think, you know, they got uh, Stroud now, and, and there's some good young quarterbacks in our division, too. So it's exciting I definitely think the balance of power in the NFL is in the AFC. And if you're the Colts, you got to keep in mind that we want to build this thing for success for the long term. And I think that's you know what their plan is going to be. Joe, the reality is Anthony Richardson is, and it's you almost forget this because I think we forget how big Andrew Luck was, right? I mean, he's just a big dude. And Anthony Richardson is a big dude. He looks like Bo Jackson. But the point being... Andrew Luck is big and as athletic, and I think he's athletic as he was. In the end, the the abuse that his body took from being a quarterback that was running ended up shortening his career. How do the Colts avoid that again? Yeah, that's tough. And you have the same discussions about Lamar Jackson and Hurts, and, and to me, it's all about the type of hits you're taking and direct hits. You know, I think there's a reason that you watch Marvin Harrison. You know, he never took any direct hit, right? He was going down. He was sliding at angles, et cetera, because he was able to preserve his body for the long term. And I think that's something to import. So that's very important when you're coaching Richardson on running, talking about when it makes sense to slide, when it makes sense to run out of bounds, and when it makes sense maybe to, you know, lower your shoulder once in a while and try to pick up that first down when you actually need it. So I think, you know, coaching him in terms of the running, because, you know, in college he was running by everybody, which is a good sign. If you're running by people in the SEC – which is the best defensive conference by far, you're still going to be able to run guys, buy guys in the NFL, but that's where it's important. There's a big difference in calling uh, 20 design QB runs per game and calling five, right? And I think that's what you know we're seeing in the NFL with some of these different teams and how they're approaching their package. So it's all about the combination of incorporating what he does best right now, that Saturday-type offense, but implementing the NFL passing concepts and what he can do. To, his accuracy is obviously – one of the biggest question marks, and that's where you know he really needs to improve. He throws a deep ball well, but 
you know, you got to be able to throw the 15 yard out, or you got to be able to throw the 20 yard dig route across the middle and accuracy wise. And that's what I'm sure they're going to be working on from day one, fundamental wise, and improving his technique. Uh, in the passing game overall. One of the things, and Joe writes, I want your your reaction to this. One of the things I read yesterday was the area of pause with Anthony Richardson to some was the areas where he fell short, accuracy in particular, that the thought is that those were areas that were short because of his mechanics, and the mechanics are issues that typically players going into the NFL have solved or figured out by the time they're at this level and that there is a little bit of concern of teaching an old dog new tricks. And I know he's a young dog in NFL terms, but that these are things that should have been worked out in high school or early in college. Your thoughts? I think that's definitely a fair pause, and I'm sure that that was the reason why some teams maybe didn't have him as high. But I think, again, you're drafting – the unknown a little bit and what he can be. I mean, if he went back to college for another year and played 12, 13 more games, what would his accuracy and stats be like? But it's no different than I mentioned the NBA a little bit. Guys come out a year earlier and they got the potential and now they got the chance to work on ball 12, 14, 16 hours a day. And you got to think that his ability to get better is going to be at a much higher rate than if he was still in college because he's going to have every resource available to him and he's going to have all of the advantages of being in an NFL system and literally just being able to focus on football all day, every day. And so I think what's most important for him is just, obviously it's exciting right now and it's the draft, but once you get out on the grass and you're in that first OTA practice, nobody talks about the draft. It's just about how can I get better day in, day out and having a process-based system where he's getting as much reps as he can all the time. I think that's what's so important for him just to live at the facility and just really hone into all the things that he needs to do to get better at and know that, you know, it's not going to be an overnight fix on some of these things, but you know, the day in day out compounding interest value of just working really hard and honing in all the little details, technique, everything he needs to do command of the offense. That's what's going to be exciting for me to watch his progression, how he is the first OTA in May. Joe, last yeah, one. Going to be in the preseason. Sorry about that, Joe. Uh, last one. Obviously, you became a mainstay here and certainly a core player. You were not always that throughout your career. So I'm just curious when, like, day two or day three of the draft rolled around and you were, like, on teams, did you watch the draft out of, like, man, I'm really hoping they stay away from the offensive line here? Like, do, do, do you guys think like that? A thousand percent. You, I wouldn't always watch it, but you're checking your phone, the updates, and it's like, oh, great, we drafted another offensive lineman. Or it's like, good, we didn't draft another offensive lineman. So I definitely think for guys that are on the, the back half of the roster, you're always watching that. But the reality is there's always going to be competition. The NFL is the most competitive job market in the world. That's what makes it great. But you know at the end of the day, you've you got to control what you can control. And it's all about if I'm good enough to play in the NFL, there'll be a spot for me somewhere. That was always my approach. But I'd be lying to say, and I'd bet 95% of people, everybody's watching the draft closely and, and hoping in the back of their mind that they don't draft somebody at their position. Okay, last one for me, Joe. Uh, first pick that the Colts make in round number two is going to be if you had to wager it right now, or if you had to predict it, I guess I'd say, what position? Uh, it's going to be a cop-out, but receiver or corner. I really think that with our fourth pick tonight, receiver or corner, both positions in need. Both, I think, have really good value still on the board. 
that's what I would be predicting uh, for the Colts tonight. But it'll be exciting uh, to see uh, what we come up with here in round two. And, and the draft is just always super exciting. So fired up, as you can see this morning, for the new future of the Colts and what this team's going to look like when we roll the balls out for real in September. Joe, great work last night. Energy as always. Glad you uh, enjoyed the indoor facility, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll cross paths soon. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Jake. Yep. It's great. Joe writes right down the Payless Liquors hotline to the wide receiver corner debate to start tonight, Jake. Again, Colts have the 35th pick here, so fourth um, to begin tonight. I'm going wide out over corner. Two reasons. One, support the quarterback has got to be the first thought throughout this entire draft. Secondly, you got more corner depth than wide out depth. So give me the scarce position of wide out over the deeper position of corner. Is that a Jonathan Mingo pick then, maybe? Mingo's a guy. Um, I know a lot of people have mentioned Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee with his speed. Uh, Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati is the one that I had mocked to the Colts. So um, I, I, I guess I'll stick there. Um, again, point guard to balance out the, ba- the power forwards you have in that room. It's time to get speedier. And in an ideal perfect world, I think you'd find like T.Y. Hilton 2.0 to pair with your young quarterback like you did in 2012. Uh, Certainly some questions on Anthony Richardson. We'll address those on the other side. Continue to take your calls coming up at the 9 o'clock hour. Kevin Aquari here on day two of the NFL Draft. Would you like my one nitpicky NFL Draft observation, Kevin? Uh, Is this crowd related? Crowd size? No, I'm not not going there. Okay. Listen. We'll save that until the final numbers come out. You've already gone there once. It sounds like you're about to go there again. I will say this. This is what's interesting. I went back and looked yesterday. And I found the article from the NFL draft in Nashville from when it happened. And that article said 200,000 people attended the NFL draft in Nashville. Three years later, that's turned into 650,000. But the initial report, but there were probably, I would say there were 100,000 people there last night. The, the, the claim that there were a half a million people is totally absurd. But I thought 3.3 million is what they That's said right. for last night. Um, I didn't like the hats. I've always liked the hat. Like when you get drafted and you get to put on the hat, mm-hmm. but I thought the hats were weird looking, most of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I caught a glimpse. Like the Ravens one was one I saw. Yeah, it, it, like the font was huge. Right? Yeah, and like the Seahawks one had like weird lines on it. I'm just like, yeah, okay. I will say. Boy, I can't wait for the draft to get here in Indy. And just listen to Jake's takes. Jake's going to be standing out the window, like counting one, two, that's right. three. The the I, I will say the end of round one. That place looked jammed. Well, yeah, you were saying the, that. Here's the easiest way to say it. If they did the NFL draft at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, poke meat bear. That's what Mark just did. If they did the Indiana, if they did the draft at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and put the stage like right behind the museum, so you had the you have the entire infield. And then you go ahead and you fill the entire area with people. That's 240,000. So you're telling me that is still 260,000 fewer than what you saw in the aerials last night in Kansas City. Maybe. I don't know. I like how you said he's not going to go down that road. And then here we are. Went down no, you, 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 I, I, will, I will try my hardest, everybody. You guys drove the car right to the road and then got out of it. No draft. Okay. It was the bear I poked. Okay. Yeah, yes. this is no more. I just want to talk about the hats. You went there. Mark, uh, crowd size talk, play the mayo plop. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. No more in the nine. Thank you. No more. One more, Mark. 
Okay, no more in the 9 o'clock hour. This um, is exactly right. Jake, the hats look like something you could buy at a marathon station. That's exactly right. <laughs> totally agree. I went in one in Georgia once, and there was a big weed hat, and I just put it on. <laughs> I'll show you guys the picture during the commercial. It I, just says weed? That's it just awesome. says W-E-E-E-D in all caps okay. and bright green letters. Weed. Anthony Richardson talk on the other side. Terrific intro there from Mark Dykton. Anthony Richardson, fourth overall to the Indianapolis Colts. We've talked a lot Richardson today. Um, it is a question that is totally fair to ask, and I feel like we should go there. This is from Indie Sports on Twitter. Jake, to you and I, this is an honest question. Outside of running fast and jumping high, can you guys tell me one trait Richardson has that makes him a good quarterback? He has a. It's a great question, and it's a. It's probably a legitimate rhetorical question or statement. Uh, he has an unbelievably strong arm, but you know, you guys ever seen the movie Major League? Sure. Mm-hmm. When Serrano, Pedro Serrano, is taking batting practice in spring training, and. <clears throat> The manager, Lou, whatever his name is, walks up and goes, this guy hits it a mile. Why the hell didn't anybody else sign him? And then they yell out, throw him a curve. And he, you know, it's, he suddenly is just whiffing all over the place. Richardson can throw it a mile, but then all of a sudden, like you throw him the curve of a third and eight, and, and that's the area of question. That's what he's got to work on, but he does have a super strong arm. That yes. that would be the answer to that question. And, and the other trait I would throw there, obviously he run fast, big arm. The other trait that if you look kind of deep into the stats at Florida, he was pressured a good amount. Like the offensive line at Florida was not, you know, incredible. But he avoided a lot of sacks. And in particularly, if you watch the pressure plays, and I'm talking pass rush pressure. You see poise. You don't see panic. And I think that is a really important quality. And honestly, it was probably the biggest negative on Will Levis. Probably the biggest negative on Levis was when stuff got muddy around him, he kind of crippled. Whereas when stuff gets muddy around Richardson, he's got a little bit more eyes down the field and poise. He probably still needs to improve as a thrower with pressure around him, but he doesn't make the amount of negative plays that Levis did if you want to compare those two. Now again, to Jake's point, his touch has got to be there. And for a lot of big guys, that probably can be said. A lot of big quarterbacks struggle with touch. And I've brought up the golf analogy of, you know, we all have played with a guy or the gal that, you know, can hit the ball a country mile, but you know, when it comes down to the short game, that's where they they really struggle. Richardson's got to improve in that area. The throws, you know, zero to nine yards. Um, he, that is an issue, and that's where you know the Colts mentioned last night footwork would be a big thing for him. Um, so that is where I would point to as the traits that make him a good quarterback, but also the traits that he certainly needs to work on at the age of 20. You know who the big winner was last night? The big winner last night... ESPN NFL Network for having the Will Levis storyline into Friday night? Well, that's true. I... And again, the Levis toe issue of apparently teams feeling like he's going to need surgery on his foot. Um, Is that what they said? Surgery? Yeah. I, I read today that teams think that he might need surgery on his foot. I, look, guilty as charged. I, I, I'm sorry, but 
uh, every rock we underturned in trying to find storylines to talk about over the last 60 days, that was not one that I had ever heard, and I apologize for that. Yeah, but, he played through a foot injury his last year at Kentucky, but the surgery angle, obviously, was not something. The, the big winner last night is Chris Ballard because if you draft C.J. Stroud, which would have been interesting if he was on the board, because the Colts can say... That would have been much more of a debate than people think. By the way, if it was Stroud and Richardson, that would have been much, much more of a debate than people think. You're saying people would be surprised how much they would have leaned towards Stroud or how much they would have stuck with Richardson? Stuck with Richardson. But Stroud, Richardson, Levis, now we're going back to radio from last week, I realize, even Young... C.J. Stroud is probably going to start right away for Houston. Would you agree? Yes. Will Levis, if he was drafted by the Colts, would be thought that he would have to start fairly soon because of his age. Would you agree? I would think so. Bryce Young is probably going to start right away for Carolina. Would you agree? Yes. Anthony Richardson is this beautiful gift that was handed to the Colts with a little note on it that says don't necessarily need to open until Christmas of 2024 it is he Anthony Richardson um, amongst the other three more so than the other three comes with an expectation of patience and time and for Chris Ballard what a gift because he just bought himself the reasoning for extended patience and time and in Shawshank Redemption we know that a man can do most anything all he needs is pressure and time right Chris Ballard I think some of that pressure went away because now there is an extended win it it starts now and he knows it starts now the clock starts with him with this draft pick for sure but he got the draft pick that comes with the longest expiration date yeah I will um I I'll say the biggest winners last night, Colts fans, uh, because finally the franchise has said to you, we're going to attempt to go down the path that's necessary in trying to build a decade-long winner. And we're a long ways away from Anthony Richardson leading the franchise to being a decade-long annual contender in the AFC South, without question. But they've at least put one foot down that path, and they hadn't since Andrew Luck retired. And so I think if you are a Colts fan, you should feel an injection of life. You should feel energy. You should feel some hope. And it'll be a more entertaining product. It'll be a more exciting product. It'll be a little bit more curious. And you haven't had that at that position in quite some time. Um, and, And so I think that is another part of last night. Jake, I just tweeted out the list of AFC quarterbacks. It is, when you put like pen to paper with it, it is wild when you look at the 16 quarterbacks that potentially will start for these teams in 2023. AFC East, Josh Allen, Mac Jones, Tua, and Aaron Rodgers. AFC North, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Kenny Pickett, Lamar Jackson. AFC South, Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud, Ryan Tannehill, Anthony Richardson. AFC West, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, your your worst quarterbacks in that league are probably 
in the conference are probably what Tannehill, Russell Wilson, and Garoppolo. I mean, and Tannehill is one of what? which has won a Super Bowl, one of which has started a Super Bowl, and one of which has been to a conference championship. Garoppolo on the doorstep of another Super Bowl just last year. Yeah. Um, Tannehill was the number one seeded quarterback two seasons ago. Yeah. And and I also threw out their ages. So of the 16, 12 of the 16 are age 27 or younger. 75% of those quarterbacks are 27 or younger. So if you just want to write off Rodgers, if you want to write off you know, Russell Wilson and Garoppolo, 75% of the quarterbacks in this conference are age 27 or younger. Again, the Colts had to put themselves in this market. Had to. They're sitting there, as I keep saying, waiting for an opening in the left lane to merge over. And at least now they've got. At least now you know who's going to be driving that car. I did see a quite a big speeding ticket back in Anthony Richardson's history. Really, I think a little tri- triple digiter. Oh, I had that. That's no big deal. Triple? Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Man, what, what's the what's what the, the highest limit? you've ever getting been? Well, it was like I think it was one of my one of the it was my very first speeding ticket and one of very few. It was one hundred one in a sixty five. Ooh, Mark Dyke. I was to be fair. Man. I was going with traffic. I was leaving Eastern Illinois after going with traffic. In the I middle swear, of going in with traffic. I swear to to God and to my children You're that I was going with traffic. I wasn't flying by anybody. You, you beat me. My best was ninety seven. Wow, you guys worst. are. Gosh, my, my in the very 80s. first, my very first speeding ticket was on my birthday, my nineteenth birthday, driving back from Denver back to Lawrence, Kansas. I was in Waukee, Kansas. I get pulled over. The cop brings me back to his car, writes me the ticket, sees the date on it, sees my date of birth, rips off the ticket, flips it to me, and says, "Happy birthday, Hoosier boy." <laughs> Ninety-seven in a fifty-five at that time. I think it was. And then, Mark, I don't know if you had this misfortune, as I did, but then when you would get pulled over, I mean, understandably so, if you got pulled over after that, if they pull up your record and they see that on there, Mm -hmm. there's no way you're getting a warning. Oh, no. Not at all. It was my one and only offense that day. I was trying to get my buddy back to work on time. I had more driving tickets as a kid than Mike Damone had for Blue Oyster Colt. (laughs) I've been pulled over three times, ticket every time. I got I got uh, six months probation and then paid a little oh, bit of a fine me? and that was it. Yeah. Now I did have to do the defensive driving class. Sure. Where, See, I but, didn't have to do that. Well, when I when I did it, you had to rent the DVD. It was like forty five dollars to rent the DVD, and you watched the DVD, and then you had to call in. It would have questions. You had to call in and answer them. But there was always a question that was you only would know if you watched the DVD. Like the last question would be like, you know, what color shirt was the instructor wearing? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So to prove, what I kid you not, I, I rented the DVD. Obviously, it was a while ago because of DVD, right? But I rented the DVD and it had a scratch in it. So I got to like, it was like a four-hour DVD. I got to the three-hour, 45-minute mark and it wouldn't go past that. And so I couldn't answer the last question. That sounds boring as hell. Oh, that was intentional. Was, Let me get this guy to sit through this thing for it was three and a half hours so, and then totally screw him at the end. Yeah, it was so bad. I'd rather drink a 32-ounce mayo and coffee than watch. <laughs> you that. basically did that, didn't you? How about yesterday when Kevin confessed... You actually said, by the time I got to the fourth sip, the mayo four really sips. started. No more than four. <laughs> I, I thought, you know, one for each pick until the Colts were selecting. You doubled up me. I did two, and that was it. Can you imagine if we played the game that a sip for every draft pick that goes by until Will Levis gets taken? Oh, boy. And here we would be entering Friday night. I think we'd all be 
using the garbage cans today. Uh, for tonight, it'll be round two and three. Our coverage will begin at 7 o'clock. Pick 35 and 79. Just a reminder that 79 overall in round three, that is the Carson Wentz-Washington pick. The Colts don't have their own third rounder this year. That was traded last draft for Nick Cross. Um, and then on Saturday, they'll have their own pick in round four. Round five, they'll have three selections, their own. The pick from Dallas for Stephon Gilmore, the pick from Buffalo for Naheem Hines. They don't have their round six, two, and round seven. Guys, if we're going off past Chris Ballard history, it screams trade back from 35 to 43 and get another pick. That's what tonight screams. Chris Ballard's draft history. 12 second round picks. But isn't last night the sign of Chris Ballard turning over a new leaf? Uh, I, I can't go all the way there. Sure, he, he he finally took a quarterback. You know what that sign would be, Jake? If he would have traded back into round one for a premium player. I, I simply look at last night as just backed into a corner. And again, I, I don't. I guess there's no way to say that without ripping him. He He swung, and he took a mighty swing, and I am all for it. But I can't sit here and act like this offseason has unfolded in some giant different way. He and Shane Steichen better hope this works out, though, because I still believe... I'm not saying Jim Irsay was, like, kicking in a corner over it, but but I think Irsay probably... It was Steichen and Ballard that were more sold on Richardson than Irsay. I'm not saying Irsay wasn't sold on him, but it was those two guys saying, this is our guy. Yeah, the interesting thing about Irsay, Jake... And maybe it was such a vivid moment in the season. And boy, it was such, such a vivid moment now, now, now that I think back on it. All right, well, let's go back to the Eagles game and Jalen Hurts' game winning touchdown against the Colts. The parting of the seas. Do we have the Rick Venturi? Do we have the Rick Venturi? Please, Mark. <laughs> Give me a second. You guys you guys pander for a minute. I mean, I'll I can it. picture it just sitting in the press box watching this parting One of, of, great calls of ever. the seas. <laughs> You know, I think Venturi's like, he could have run to Lebanon <laughs> through that hole. Possession um, oh into the end zone God. for a... <laughs> <laughs> One more, Mark. Possession oh into the end zone God. for a... <laughs> the absolute disgusting. Uh, and if you want to go down this path, and maybe no one wants to, if Jalen Hurts doesn't score there, if the Colts win that game, you know Jeff Saturday's still the head coach here. Nick Sirianni doesn't act like how he acted. And Jeff Saturday is still the head coach. You think here. so? Oh yeah, uh, the one thousand percent. One one. That's all Ursa needed. Ursa needed one more win, one more win to believe in <laughs> yeah. Jeff Saturday, and you beat the you know number one team in the NFC. But I don't bring that up to go down. You know what a lot of people path. would have said if Jeff Saturday would have been retained as the head coach. <laughs> Possession oh into the end zone God. for us. Oh, I thought you were going with the plop. <laughs> well, that. I, I thought, I, I you know what? You the plop. I, I, on a different I note. I don't want to go down Saturday path. More like this. <laughs> I brought Listen, this up. This, this is not where I was trying to go. The rails right there. <laughs> I, I bring this up to point out that several times since that play happened, Jim Ursay has gone out of his way to bring up that play and mention how great of a play it was, how great of a play call it was by Shane Steichen, of course, the Eagles' offensive coordinator and the play caller. But more than anything. Philadelphia had an advantage on that final drive of 12 against 11. And by that, it's a running element at quarterback. 
Ursay had mentioned that a couple of different times throughout this offseason. And I think it was something I mentioned yesterday, you know, because I, I had heard Levis before the Shane Steichen hire, but I had heard more Richardson since. That's why I, 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 I guess I changed and went with Richardson as the pick. And part of it was it seems like Ursay is a big believer in this 12 versus 11 and how the game's evolved at that position, which I think he's spot on with. Um, But I do think that moment, it's crazy to think the Jeff Saturday effect, the Shane Steichen effect, Nick Sirianni's emotion, how it pretty much put the nail in the coffin of the Colts season, and I think how it eventually led to Anthony Richardson, frankly, as the draft pick. You know... I want to say this just because we we brought it up and kind of had fun with it there. Jeff Saturday was really good to us before he got, and I'm not saying he wasn't after he got the job, but, you know, obviously coming on with us every single week when he was working with ESPN, it was always super gregarious and fun and and open with us. Then he got the head coaching job, and, you know, I, I still maintain, I think he was brought in almost as an auditor. But I think it's interesting, Kevin, that we have not heard from him at all. I was talking to Stephen Holder about this, you know, ESPN colleague. Um, I said to Stephen, it just strikes me as a Jeff Saturday sits down with, I don't know, who are the ESPN, Susie Colbert sits down with Jeff Saturday on July 10th, and it's the perfect NFL Live segment in a dead period of the offseason. Right. And Jeff Saturday kind of gets everything off his chest about what happened, and then he's back on air for them during the season. That seems likely, right? That he would be back on the air because he was obviously very good at what he did. And I think he'd be more attractive to be on the air now in that whenever you have coaching firings and hirings midseason, boom, you just throw Jeff Saturday on the set and he's the exact... And, and that's inevitably going to happen, sure, obviously. Yeah. right? He's the exact resource you would want. But yeah, it is a little surprising on that end. Were there any... We, we talked about this earlier, but aside from... You know, Atlanta going running back that early probably surprised. Wasn't it Atlanta? Or no, excuse me, Detroit. Detroit, Detroit going well, running back at, at 12, I think, surprised people. But yeah. was there anything that really threw you a curveball? You know, certainly Levis. I mean, I, I didn't think he'd go that, that far. Um, the running back was the big one. I did find it just interesting. You had four straight wideouts go starting at 20. You brought up Jackson Smith and Jigba earlier, Jake. I really like Zay Flowers out of Boston College. He went to Baltimore. He was a great story. Did you see his backstory? Yeah. Like, single-parent household. Thir- I believe his mother died when he was an infant. Thirteen. So he was one of 13. And dad raised all of them, but, you know, got his way to Boston College. And He was one of those story. big transfer portal guys people wanted, but he stayed at Boston College. I think some of that might have played into it. How about Lamar Jackson now? Is this the best wideout group he's played with if oh, Odell Beckham? I'd say so. Is is healthy? Um, those are probably the big ones. Yeah, I mentioned this earlier. The Eagles get Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. I mean, that Eagles defensive line, talk about the rich get richer there. I'd say uh, the, the haul that the Texans gave up to the Cardinals to move up to three, that's going to have... Boy, so oh boy. walk me through that again. They gave up a second this year and then their own first next year? And I think more than that, too. Yeah, let me pull that up real quick. Uh, Adam Schefter reported yesterday, Cardinals got the 12th, the 33rd tonight, a first in 2024, and a third in 2024. And then the Texans moved up to three, and they also got the 
105th overall pick uh, in this year's draft. Um, and yeah, Field Yates followed up and said, the Texans trade their own 2024 pick to, Car- to the Cardinals, not the Browns' 2024 pick they also owned. That's that's worth no- noting, because assuming the Texans stink this year, mm-hmm. that takes their pick out of the Marvin Harrison Jr. sweepstakes. And I say him because obviously they have C.J. Stroud, they have mm-hmm. a quarterback. Um, and Cleveland, you wouldn't think Cleveland's going to be that bad. So I do think that is something to point out. I could not believe it when Zach Kiefer tweeted this out. I said it to Zach. I was sitting five feet away from him. Jake, this is a stat right right up your alley. C.J. Stroud is the first Big Ten quarterback to go in the top ten since who? Let me guess. Okay. The last Big Ten quarterback to be drafted in the top ten. I mean, the fact that I'm bringing it up obviously indicates it's been a while. Okay, first guess that immediately jumped into my mind, Kerry Collins. Boom, boom, boom. Is that it? Boom. Yeah, that's amazing. 1995. What is with the Big Ten and not having enough NBA draftable talent and not having enough quarterback drafted talent? I think it's the fact that that they still play both of them in antiquated, effective for their conference styles, but not necessarily translating translating styles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. God, that is still shocking, though. Well, but here's the better question. So, okay, 1995, you said, right? Yeah. Who, who's been the best quarterback out of the Big Ten since then? I mean, obviously Tom Tom Brady, but... Right, I mean, Fields. Okay. You, you mean college yeah. or... Yeah, or, yeah, or, I mean, or, in or terms pro, of, like, yeah. the guy that you... Based on their college career that you thought would have gone higher than that. Yeah. You know, Brady wasn't... People forget, I mean, Brady wasn't even a, a full-time starter. So, it's not like he would have been... Yeah, I mean, uh, who was the best Michigan? Was Denard I mean, Robinson? Brian Greasy? <laughs> trying to think of the Michigan QBs that they even had. Obviously, the Ohio State quarterback struggle. Penn State isn't had. And then, you know, you talk about Iowa, Wisconsin, and it's four yards in a cloud of dust. Do you know the last Big Ten quarterback to be taken number one overall? Oof. Blackledge was not number one overall, correct? No, he was 83. He was pretty high, though, wasn't he? Uh, he was He was a top ten. Um, Boy... Oh, obviously, Drew Brees is a great Big Ten quarterback. Thank you, B, for that. What was he, early second round? Um, he was first pick of the second round, I believe. I don't know. Jeff George. It's got to be, right? 90 that. for Illinois. Yeah. Had Who's a, Jeff George's college head coach? Well, he had a ton of them. The, the problem is he went to Purdue because he wanted to play for Leon Burtnett. And after his freshman year, Leon Burtnett got fired. So when George was the number one high school player in the country by a mile – the only big-time college football program to not recruit him was Texas because Fred Akers ran basically a wishbone, and they fired Leon Burtnett and brought in Fred Akers from Texas. So he's like, uh, so he he left from there. I think Scotty just walked in so he would know. At Illinois, I believe Jeff George's college coach would have been Mike White. Is that right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Household name, Kevin. I still think Lovey Smith would make a great Santa with that beard. <laughs> Former he would. Illinois coaches. He that, gifted the the Bears the number one pick, so in, in a way, right. he is Santa. Ryan Walters' product went five overall, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. Illinois corner, yep. Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah. That was that was one that that kind of surprised me when it came off the board, but but it got it was well received. You know, for all the month long months long chatter, when the Colts got on the clock last night. I think it was exactly how we thought it would be 
in terms of players off the board. I think all, you know, January, February, March, April, in some order, we thought Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Anderson would be off the board. And that's ended up how it, that's that, that's what it was. Uh, and obviously the debate was then Richardson and Levis, and clearly the Colts and the NFL made their stance known on that. All right, uh, morning check down time before a freebie Friday pop quiz of a pair of tickets to the Grand Prix coming up two weeks from tomorrow and a Jiffy Lube oil change. By the way, we forgot Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kevin mentions Russell Wilson, Russell if you want to get technical. Yeah. Uh, and then, yes, of course, Drew Brees. So, yeah, woo, right over my head. Uh, Celtics last night, 128-120 over the Atlanta Hawks. That wraps up the series for Boston at four games to two. Jalen Brown had 32, Jason Tatum had 30, Marcus Smart with 22, and Malcolm Brogdon, 17, for Boston, who now advances to play, and I think it's going to be a great Eastern Conference semifinal, the Philadelphia 76ers. So... Uh, going to be fun, certainly, to watch those two teams battle it out in any of these Western series tonight. Go to a game seven. That would be Memphis winning in LA. That would be Sacramento winning in Golden State. Uh, Memphis and LA will go to a game seven. I will say that Sacramento pulls it off. Now tonight. that's with your heart, Mark. Is that with your heart or your head? I want to believe you. I'll say heart. But maybe my head and maybe my money. We'll I mean, see. What's that spread? It's got to be like uh, seven and a half. Yeah. Four By and the way, half, the Mark, Lakers. you're wearing your Bucky shirt today. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, listener Steve, that's Chiefs fan Steve, and his wife Brenda are on their way right now down to Gulf Shores and said they're going to bring us back plenty of Bucky nuggets. Hell yeah. There's also a Bucky's across the street from the racetrack in Alabama, but I don't know that it's. Is it 24 hours? Oh, oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, you don't even need a hotel. You've got buckies across the street. <laughs> that's a rookie question right there. Good to go on that. Four hours. Uh, Major League Baseball yesterday. I don't think anyone really cares. Uh, Reds didn't play. Cubs won. Did the Cardinals get a rare win? Did I Cardinals see that? won six nothing over the Giants. Indians lost. And that game. was the smartest six nothing you've ever seen in baseball. <laughs> Speaking of smarts, Pop Quiz is next. 317-239-1070. Again, a freebie Friday, Jiffy Lube oil change, and a pair of tickets to the Grand Prix. Jake, understandably, we haven't really talked about it this week, but you've got a road trip coming up, right? Correct. Uh, Leaving today for Barber Motorsports Park, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Race, as a matter of fact, can be heard on this radio station on Sunday. Coverage beginning, I believe, at 2.30. When they say park, what do they mean? So, and Kevin, I, I say this not condescendingly to people because admittedly, I didn't, if I knew the difference, I didn't grasp the difference when I started out doing IndyCar play-by-play. There are two, obviously they're ovals like Indianapolis and Texas. Then you have road courses and street courses. A street course is a temporary course that is designed through actual city streets that is temporarily built. Toronto, Long Beach, uh, St. Pete. A road course is a permanent fixture that is there year-round that is built and designed for cars to race on it. Barber Motorsports Park is a facility that is owned by George Barber, who was uh, of a family fortune of dairy farming in Alabama. An older gentleman, never married. His passion was motorcycles, so he built within... I don't know how many acreage, what the acreage is, but literally a park kind of like Eagle Creek State Park that he owns. So it's his private land, but it is a beautifully manicured property that has a road course that he designed and and built for motorcycle racing originally. 
It has within it a museum that has the largest collection of motorcycles and Lotus race cars in the world in one place. And it also has planted throughout the acreage of the park. And again, park meaning like like a state park, except for it's privately owned. He has uh, trees that are indigenous to all 50 states. Wow. planted within it it is absolutely gorgeous it's it's like it's that. beautiful it's and beautiful you'll be on a cotton buckies correct there's a buckies right across the street when you leave the racetrack there is a buckies right across the street victory lane and just dumping nuggets <laughs> probably uh it is a freebie friday pop quiz marcus erickson your brisket is ready <laughs> <laughs> again a pair of tickets to the grand prix the next IndyCar race after Barber coming up two weeks from tomorrow and a Jiffy Lube oil change. Uh, Jake, number one through eight. Uh, we will go with... So, here's the thing. Anthony Richardson is jersey number 15, right? Uh-huh. But he was taken with pick number four, correct? So, we can't do 15, and we've done four like every day, so that's 19. Now, let me ask you this. How many games did the Colts win last year? The show ends at 10. The Colts... Four, uh, they right? had four. Okay. Four into 19, unfortunately, would be four and three quarters. So we'll round that up to five, and we'll go with caller number five. How's that? that Exhausting. Thanks. Well, I'm out of breath listening to that. <laughs> Don. Hey, what's up? What's up, Don? I'm doing all right. How you fellas doing? Don, are you an Anthony Richardson fan? Well, I mean, I, I don't really know much about him like everybody, but uh, he's a cult, so I'm a fan. Now, Don, oh, you, sound like a, you sound like a nice fella, Don. If you don't mind me asking, uh, how old a fella are you? I'll be 67 in June. 67-year-old nice. Don, okay. And, Don, so I'm guessing if you are 67, that, that that would mean that you were the class of, like, 73 or 74 in high school. Is that right? 74. Okay, and that was from what school? Went to John Marshall High School. Oh, yeah, nice. okay. Now, uh, Don, after your time at John Marshall, what sort of work did you do or what sort of career did you venture into? Well, I went into Marine Corps for three years, got out, got my college education, graduated in 81. The economy was crap. Wound up working for the post office for 35 years. Oh, that's good. Cool. I always thought a post office, now, were you a, a, like an on the, whatever you call it, like mail carrier, or did you work? In- no, I was, a, I was a mail handler that was inside the processing plant. Okay. Well, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Good for yeah. you, Don. So you're, you're now, are you retired, Don? Yeah, I've been retired since 20. Okay. Well, I hope you en- you are enjoying retirement. Would you like to come to our PBR party? Diet Cokes are perfectly sufficient, but you sound like a fun guy. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, Diet Coke. Let, let me just say, I was of the era when Bob and Tom came on, and uh, you guys are as good or better than Bob and Tom. And here's here's the key to going from whatever, 20 to number one. Right. Get you some, com- get you some comedians, because that's when they really took off. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write these notes down. So you're saying no more mayo and coffee, but get comedians, okay? Uh, it was it was amazing how that really just galvanized them guys. But I'm talking-wise, you guys are as good or better than they were. So, Well, those John are very Delaney good guys. So, Don, I appreciate it. I, I have a great respect for both of those gentlemen, and they've been very good to Thank me. You, so I appreciate the kind words. Don, would you like for me, that would be Jake, or would you like for Kevin to lead you off for question number one? 
Well, the last time I got on, Kevin did, so I'll let you do it, Jake. All right, here we go, Don. Question number one for you. Scotty Johnstoney today, along with the pop quiz, is wearing a uniform of this particular baseball team that is the answer for question number one. And question number one is this. The Tampa Rays still own the best record in Major League Baseball at 21-5. and Who has the second best record in the majors? Is it the Twins, the Braves, the Pittsburgh Pirates, or the cute fella Baltimore Orioles? Oh, man. It's the Parrot Club of the local AAA affiliate. Pirates. Mickey. All right, number two, Don. Quarterbacks were taken with three of the first four picks at last night's NFL draft. Last year, only one QB was taken in the first two rounds. But he's a fan of the answer for number one. And he played here on Monday Night Football last season. Was it Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, or Kenny Pickett? Whoa. <laughs> That's good. Good, good, good. Uh, if the Colts didn't take a quarterback, you might have had a few of these outside of the complex last night. That's yeah. right. You know? That's correct, yes. Yeah. He's got I'm little hands. Gonna... Got little hands? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't do me any good. I don't recognize none of those guys, so I'll just go with... Uh, Maybe the last one, Don. Don. Let's go with four. Okay, yeah, four. Or or letter D, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, here we go, Don, for question number three. The Colts selected Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson with the fourth pick last night, of course, in the draft. Name the only other Florida Gator that the Colts took in the first round of the draft. Was it defensive lineman Ellis Johnson? Was it wide receiver E.G. Green? Was it linebacker Mike Peterson? Or was it defensive back Quincy Wilson? (sighs) Shudder at that last night. Oh, I believe it was Peterson. Okay. All right, Don, number four, C.J. Stroud went number two overall to the Texans last night. It's the highest in Ohio State quarterback, has been drafted in the Common Era, which started in 1967. Who held the record for the highest draft position by an OSU QB before Stroud? This guy had two to one, by the way, on the fact that uh, C.J. Stroud would go second. A, Justin Fields, B, Dwayne Haskins, E, Art Schleister, or D, Mike Tomzak? Oh, God, these are good questions today. This is the safest bet in terms of the the four options. Yeah, the safest bet, Schleister. (laughs) Don's no fool. (laughs) All right, Don. Question number five, and you got a great laugh, by the way. The Celtics advanced to the second round of the NBA playoffs with their win in Atlanta last night. Trey Young had 30 for the Hawks and is just the second player in Hawks franchise history to score 30 or more points in four straight playoff games. Who was the other who played in St. Louis, by the way? Pete Maravich, Bob Pettit, Dominique Wilkins, or Lou Hudson? He was a St. Louis Hawk trying to think. If he lived in France, people would think his last name said he was small, but he wasn't. <laughs> Don, if, if you don't mind sharing, where are you? It sounds like you're like out in Eagle Creek or somewhere. Oh, no, I'm heading down to uh, uh, St. Francis for a doctor's appointment. Everything okay? Uh, huh? Hope all is well. 
Oh, yeah, just a general checkup. Everything's doing good. Okay, good. Need QC Kinetics. You know who to call. Okay. Uh, great work. Stay on the line, Don. It was an impressive effort. Uh, number one, Jake, the second best record in the majors right now. At 18-8, and eight, it's the Pittsburgh Pirates. Let's go! Uh, Mr. Tiny Hands would have been Kenny Pickett outside the complex. Yeah! That's right. Maybe. Didn't take a QB. Maybe. That, was, that was solid. Four uh, and five he got, right? Question number three, and this is interesting. The Florida Gators that have been drafted by the Colts in the first or second round. Mike Peterson was actually acquired for the Colts courtesy of when they traded Marshall Falk, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they traded him for a second and a fifth. The fifth rounder was Brad Schioli. The second rounder was Mike Peterson because the only first rounder from Florida outside of Anthony Richardson was Ellis Johnson, who was the 15th overall pick. But Don Sandlin, it's a preview Friday. You don't get to come back tomorrow. You don't even get a lousy copy of our home game. You're a complete loser. <laughs> Half a million people in Kansas City going crazy. Oh, how did that get in there? Half a million? Is that what the owner said last night? I Half a million people in Kansas City Here's going my crazy. thing, and, and I promise I'm, I'm off I of this horse. I say, it looked like Jim Mercy maybe just got off the acting set with I, his look last night. I promise I'm off this horse after I say this. There was Mark clip this. There was an incredibly impressive number of people at the NFL draft in Kansas City. I thought you said there no were, more today. There were a lot of people there that for whatever reason want to stand out in a field and wait for a long time to hear a player named and then they can go crazy over it. There was a very, very impressive number. And it's for that reason that I don't understand why the NFL feels it necessary to push a false narrative of the inflated number. There were there were probably 100,000 people there. To say 500,000 is lunacy. And there were probably 150 or 200,000 in Nashville. It was reported as 200,000 in Nashville at that time to say 650,000 is lunacy. There's no reason to embellish that number. It's an impressive number. Got like the Jim Carrey fingers in my ears right now. <laughs> Half a million people in Kansas City going crazy. Okay. When Jim Irsay speaks, it's gospel. Uh, okay. Picks 35 and 79 tonight. We'll chat about that to round things out here on a Friday. My mother-in-law just texted me saying how much she loved Don. Really? Yeah. Don was a nice fella. He just seemed like a nice guy, right? Yeah. By the way, shameless plug, my mother-in-law involved with this. Decorator Home Show, if you're looking for an event for Mother's Day, potentially your significant other, great time, all proceeds. Is that where they... Eskenazi Health. Is that where they pick a different They pick different homes, right? Yeah. Uh, this year, right off 57th and Penn. And so, uh, yeah, great time. And again, with Mother's Day coming up here in a few weeks, it starts tomorrow. So make sure to uh, check that out. Perfect gift for your mother or significant other this time of year all right jake 35 and 79 tonight i am a fan of a whiteout and i am a fan of a cornerback i could probably be talked into an offensive lineman and if they take a linebacker that means shaquille leonard those are my thoughts i could probably do a tight end but i'd prefer a whiteout I think, here's my thought. From here on out in this draft, I would make a list of wide receiver, corner, tight end. And then, with each pick that I make, I am taking the best player available so long as they play one of those three positions. Okay. 
I like that. I like that thought. I, I I don't know if I'm all the way there on tight end. I'm I'm probably a little higher on Jelani Woods, maybe. Um, I, I just to me, wideout is just you need a speed element. I I, I 1,000 percent agree. We're gonna see a comparison inevitably to Jalen Hurts a whole lot with Anthony Richardson. And I want to make this pretty clear to people. While Jalen Hurts had some early struggles in the NFL, he was in definite better passer than Anthony Richardson in college, no questions asked. So I I think that's a little bit of a lazy comparison, just throwing out Jalen Hurts to Anthony Richardson. When you talk about what Hurts did from a passing standpoint at Alabama and Oklahoma, much, much different, not to mention the experience. Jake, it's something that we have said here and there throughout the morning. But if you look at guys in at the quarterback position who have been drafted in round one that don't enter the NFL with a ton of experience, it's a really mixed bag. I mean, you're talking Mitchell Trubisky, Mark Sanchez, Trey Lance, Kyler Murray, um, rest in peace, Dwayne, Hack, Dwayne Haskins, Ryan Tannehill. So, when you look at that group, you're banking on Richardson being a bit of an outlier with that. I think they know that this is not of the of the four quarterbacks that they could have taken. And I, maybe now you could say, "Well, Levis isn't one of those four. He would know he took him." But but of the names that were mentioned. I think we knew that Richardson was the one that was going to require the most time before he was ready to get in there and go and before you could totally evaluate who and what he is. He may be, you know, he is unique. I mean, it's hard to to compare him. Cam Newton is obviously the one that he's heard a thousand times. Uh, Jamarcus Russell? I mean, that's another one that was a big... Jamarcus Russell, to me... Much different runner. Totally. But Jamarcus Russell, Jamarcus Russell was a big-bodied, massive arm without a lot of college tape that people fell in love with the, the possibilities, right? They fell in love with the potential of it. And I do like... I, I don't know Anthony Richardson at all. And a few sound bites does not make a guy's character, but you would imagine the Colts did with this sort of an investment. They had to have done a ton of background on him, and he has certainly said all the right things. And I think that, that you know you want him to do well, not just because of what it would mean for the franchise and for the city and, and et cetera, but he seems like a nice, humble young guy. Right? Yeah, I, I've mentioned this a few times today. I, I get some Benedict Matherin vibes in a guy that has some confidence without question, but also sits here and says, I want to be one of the greatest. I think I'll be one of the greatest, but I need work. And I don't think that's always a given. I think with confident, cocky individuals, you don't get a guarantee of admittance of, I know that more has to be tapped into, and I've got to do my part in doing that. Uh, Let's sneak Eric in. Eric, you got some thoughts on tonight? Uh, Yeah, I... I've been saying for six years to get a receiver, but with this particular pick... With, <laughs> Man, with the, you and me both. You want to well, play the audio, Mark? <laughs> well, at this with this particular pick that they made last night with Richardson, I feel completely opposite 
Ooh. And the reason I'm going to say that is because you got two tall receivers in Pierce and Pittman where you're not, where Richardson's more of a lob it up kind of quarterback. Go up and get it. And, and why I do want a receiver, like last night when I was watching, they said the guy that's in the top 20 that's the best tight end in the draft, the guy out of Notre Dame, Meyer. And I think that's your security blanket for Richardson to dump it off over the middle. And he's the best blocking tight end when it's passing and rushing. And I just think that's his security blanket, and it's right there for him. So I would like to see Meyer from, from Notre Dame go. Uh, while, I, while I still want a wide receiver, if he's a top 20 pick and he's sitting there at 35, I think you take him. Thank you, Eric. Okay. Yeah, Eric and I need to cheers to some beers about whiteouts and Chris <laughs> Ballard one day. Right. Definitely made me think, and I mean Bowen. Every time I freaking read or listen to Bowen, it's like a constant freaking barrage of 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 uh, whiteouts. <laughs> still here, still, still, still preaching it. Speedy whiteout. You know he brings up the big body guys, Pittman and Pierce. Great points by Eric, but speed. You know, Anthony Richardson's arm is a deep ball guy. Shane Steichen wants to challenge teams vertically. You can do that with size, but you can do that a whole lot better with speed. So find your T.Y. Hilton. Uh, this from Kevin. Is the third time a charm in Indianapolis for Richardson's? Pooh and Trent didn't work out so well. <laughs> I had somebody tell me from the Pacers when they acquired Pooh Richardson, they're like, yeah, we were super excited. Then we got here and like, oh my gosh, this guy can't play. <laughs> I always thought Quentin Richardson's headband was going to fall off every time I was watching him play. The pride of DePaul. Uh, Mark says sneak Jeff in. What's up, Jeff? Jeff? Hello? Yeah. Hey, what's up? We got about a minute left. Yeah, well, I think if they don't take a left tackle oh, after all the years since Costanzo, they're out of their minds. <laughs> Well, they took one last year in Bernard Ryman. And I'll they be seem, back. They seem to think that he is a guy that they can continue to grow at that position. He did show some improvement, Kevin, last year. Is yeah. he a, a pillar? You know, I don't know yet. He's got to develop strength. I just think physically get a little bigger. But, Jake, at one of the big five positions, quarterback, wideout, corner, pass rusher, left tackle, at one of those, you got to have a third-round pick that develops. And that's what they're saying at left tackle. And, and, a lot of, and that's the hope with Ryman. Everybody and their brother today, by the way, is like, Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. Marvin Harrison Jr. next year is probably going to be a top three pick. Let's hope the Colts aren't drafting in the top three. Hmm. We'll see, though. Oh, I, I don't think that's the end of the world. No, I know, and it's possible, right? I mean, 3-13 and 13 turned into Edger and James for Peyton Manning's rookie season. All right, Jake, safe travels to you. Mark, Thank you. safe travels to you, it sounds like. Thank you, yep. I'll be holed up at West 56 for the next couple of days. Again, tonight our draft coverage begins at 7 o'clock. It will be pick number 35, so pretty early the Colts will draft, and then again coming up at 79 in round three. 107.5 The Fan has all of your draft coverage written-wise, and we'll be with you all day long. See you.